Wait a minute. Did Tim just say possibility of snow? Yes, he did. You should beep that out. I don't want to hear that. Well, he did. As a matter of I fact... Was, I was just about to say how much I like a kind of a chilly morning like we have. A fall-like morning. Rather well, it's than, a, you know, cool. It's and invigorating. It is invigorating, but... Uh, made my 10-mile run this morning so much more pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, your your 10-mile jog into work, I I'm always sure. Do, every morning. Yeah. <laughs> Get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, jog for 10 miles. So I see you getting off the elevator going... <sighs> Exhausted. Schwanny. Ooh, I had to push, oh, push two buttons. <laughs> we were supposed to have some snow showers overnight, but we didn't get any. Uh, but uh, yes, tonight there could be some snow showers in the forecast. Also tomorrow afternoon. Mm. A little bit warmer for later in the week. So it's just, you know, it's just like it has been the past couple of weeks. Yeah. You just have to hang in there. I don't mind. I really, I don't mind it like this. I don't want snow, really, but. No, I don't either. <laughs> we had a little flurry action uh, during this week. In my, You know, right away, mm-hmm. you know, my baldo meter uh, was. <laughs> registering <laughs> i have to figure out what kind of a sound effect a baldo meter will have <laughs> well you work on that i will we've given him something to do today i will now good i may ask why are we playing jailhouse rock because you know what's funny you should ask <laughs> it's my far-flung forecast for oh it's today. your far-flung forecast yeah today. i'm gonna start doing one also okay <laughs> Fine. We'll have competing forecasts. When I feel like it. (laughs) Uh, Today was the day in 1957 that one Mr. Elvis Presley recorded this Recorded Jailhouse Rock. The Jailhouse Rock. Wasn't this in a movie also? Yeah. Yeah. Oddly enough called Jailhouse Rock. Jailhouse Rock, Rock, yes. The version that's in the movie is uh, cooler than this version, I think. You like it better? This is the, the you know, the tame studio version. This is the studio version. This is the version that they, you know, recorded and mm-hmm. released. But in the movie, it's a much longer version. And it's got, you know, like some dance breaks in it. Uh, it's much more complex. I like it a lot better. Okay. So we'll have to call that up and look at it. Yeah, then. rent it. Yeah, get your VHS, Ace, uh, VHS tape out. <laughs> I, I still have my player. I do. That's you a, laugh, but I do. VHS machine. <laughs> be why kind. Is, rewind. Why is it flashing yes, 12? Be kind. Rewind. <laughs> flashing 12 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that 66 years ago? Wow. And it's still a fantastic song. Yeah. 66 years. No. Schwanny was 20 years old when this song first well, came Well, that out. makes you 25 then. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not older. I'm just saying saying you are. That's all. No, 66 years, I was not quite one, Mm. to be honest with you. I'd like to see some identification to prove that. All right. I I have that. Of course, the last time I showed you, uh, you didn't believe me. What, your age? You refused to believe. That you have a driver's license? That's right. You refused to (laughs) believe. That the state actually gave you a driver's license? Yes, with a valid date on it. I still find that hard to believe. (laughs) You paid somebody off over at the Secretary of State's office. No, 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 By the way, uh, the Secretary of State's office, uh, I was uh, getting mine uh, renewed. 
You know, you got to go in because it expires every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went in. Uh, big fans of the show. Oh, good. Over at okay. the uh, yeah. Over at the Secretary of State's office. Which office? Elston Avenue. Elston. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. So shout out to all the hard workers over there. Yes. Hello and thank you. Yep. So I'm I should due have, to get mine renewed here. So I should have told them who I was when no, definitely. through the line. Huh? Definitely. <laughs> Andy. Now you tell me. Andy. We taught you nothing? Now you tell me. <laughs> Anywhere you go, you have to go. Don't you know who I am? Yeah. And especially now that we're back in the Hampton OB season. Yes, indeed. I'll bring them with me next time. I hear they were in rare form last night. I would. Believe, I say that, uh, and I told them this on the air, that they're in mid-season form. We're only talking about, uh, you know, the draft. you got to pace yourselves. Here's how I uh, judge by the number of uh, complaint texts that I see on our text line. <laughs> How many were there? <laughs> there were quite a few. Oh, no. Yeah, there were quite a few over <laughs> a couple of statements that were made. But that's what makes the show colorful, right? And dimensional and fun. Do we have a little... Uh, Jack tells me that we have a little sampling of last, oh, really? night's, last night's hoo-ha. Let's if we it. don't have polls, and you go back through the history of our general managers, especially Pace, they're a disgrace. This kid stepped up to the plate. And that move from giving up our number one pick in the whole league and trading down and picking the people that he picked, I think is brilliant. And again, I mean brilliant, the move that he made. I think it's brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, I love it. But what you can do, you can be smart about it and take what you have and create a defense, a blitzing defense that goes after people. Instead of getting it shoved down your throat, you shove it down their throat. And there's things you could do. Again, with line tricks, blitzes with linebackers, you're strong in weak safety and corner blitzes. Go after people this year. What did we do last year? None of it. None of it. And we got pounded. God, I love that man. He's the best. I love O.P. Obi's been texting me uh, during the during the NFL playoffs and uh, <laughs> after the after the trade that the Bears made to uh, trade out of the first round pick, and I get the I get the commentary like it's on the show, and it's great because I can read it in his voice, right? And it's awesome. Well, you know, this also means you know we're we have to go through summer before football season begins, right. and, and they're back on a regular basis, and then Andy uh, goes to his uh, his true friends. Right, the big friends. <laughs> to do his show instead of our show. The ones I'm more afraid of. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to shove it down Andy's throat. Exactly. see how I have to deal with it. Exactly. Uh, it, it also means, in addition to Hampton OB, uh, you know, with the new season, uh, Hampton OB uh, 2.0, Schwanny's impersonation of him. <laughs> <laughs> I want Schwanny to to do the impersonation for OB. OB, and I think OB would be okay with it. Yes, I would be afraid of that. <laughs> I think it would. I be have worth too the, much respect for the man. It would be worth the risk, Schwanny. <laughs> it would flat, be worth the flattery, risk. How, you know? how bad can he hurt you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can outrun the guy at least anyway. <laughs> That may be, would be pathetic if you no, were having ha- OB chasing you down the hallway. It's it is always wonderful to have those two gentlemen here uh, on Sundays to watch the game and then comment on the game afterward. And we've established a nice friendship, you know, uh, here. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to risk that. Imitation is the highest form form of, of flattery. flattery. Exactly right. Yeah. 
Yep. Give us a little of uh, OB.2. Well, actually, um, you know, you recall that all this got started with OB not reviewing a sporting event, but a theater event. Yeah, I still want him to do that, too. (laughs) You still want him to do that? Maybe we can get OB to do that before football season starts. (laughs) I think he'd be all for it. While he's got time, we'll send him over to... Like review the Joffrey Ballet or something. <laughs> I saw this show last night, and all I can tell you is, don't go. <laughs> and the sound in that theater, I had a close-and-play record player when I was a kid that had better sound than that. They're using tin cans and string for amplification. Don't go see this show. Okay, we're going to record that. <laughs> we have recorded that, and we're going to send that over to OB. Oh, nice. That way, that'll kind of smooth things that'll, over. That'll just kind of ease the... Uh... Right when you do it to his face. <laughs> you know, time heals all wounds. You got uh, you know, a few months. If you send it to him now, he may you know, yeah, may be okay with it by September. It'll cool down right. by or September. Or else it'll fester like a boil. And <laughs> yeah, that too. Pummel you. It could go one of two ways. Win-win for <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> We love that man. Oh man, Fantastic. and Hap had what some. What the be- hell are you talking about? <laughs> Hap yeah. had some beauties yesterday too. Yeah, I uh, heard he was he was in. That's what I was reading well. on yeah. the uh, text line. <laughs> yeah. There was a few statements that a few people took issue with. Let's say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, see, I'm not going to make fun of Hap because I do believe no, that he see? would. That now, OB yeah, but is, you put me in the position. But Hamp would actually snap my neck right off my, <laughs> snap my head right off my body, without even thinking. Like, poop, it's gone. Is that Dean's head rolling down the hall? Yes. <laughs> oh man! All right, so this is our to-do list now. Uh, as we, you know, get ready also to, have to come up with the sound of the baldo meter. Sound of the baldo meter. Uh, get uh we want to get ob over to uh <laughs> i think it would be nice if it was the ballet or something <laughs> well, we could send him to see oh, any joffrey ballet any show really we've got a lot of nice shows coming in but hap at the ballet or uh, ob we'll be at the ballet ob at the ballet it's got a little nice. alliteration to it can't you see that on the screen a nice cursive writing ob, OB at the at ballet the- those dancers don't know. <laughs> it's an affront to the great tradition I of theater. I cannot believe they call themselves athletes. O-B-O-B-O-B. He's the greatest. He is. So, uh, it's another anniversary today, besides the 66th anniversary of the recording of Jailhouse Rock. Uh, it was 50 years ago today that Sears Tower opened up. Hmm. Really? 1973. You know what? Yesterday was an anniversary of, don't you? I still call it uh, Sears, Sears Tower. Tower yes, yeah. as we all I've do. I've become one of those people that still call Macy's Marshall Fields. Mm-hmm. The John Hancock Building, the John Hancock Center. What is the John Hancock Building It's called just now? called 875 North Michigan oh, Avenue. that's no imagination at all. I know. That's stupid. I know it. Now, there was another anniversary that took place yesterday. Hmm. Andy, yes. I think you may know what is that it the, may be. The Lee the, Ilya? Yes, Lee Ilya went on his famous tirade. 40 years ago 40 yesterday. Years ago yesterday. Uh, 
And uh, the late Les Grobstein was the only recorder uh, reporter that had a, a, a recorder in there. Yep. And it made the rounds, and it's, uh, it's still classic. accessible, yes. It's a classic. Uh, I wanted to get to that. We'll, we'll, let's get to that a little later on. All right. Because uh, you know what it's time for. You called that a far-flung <laughs> forecast? It's coming up next. Presented by the one and the only Dave Obradovich Schwann. <laughs> Take it away, Schwanny. Oh, what are you good morning? <laughs> Make it snappy. <laughs> you think you're a broadcaster? You think you can do this? You got another thing coming. Stuff it down your throat. <laughs> well... Good morning, everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Another version of OB at the ballet. <laughs> <laughs> Our far-flung forecast takes us way out west. So get out your compasses and protractors and devices, because today we go to El Portal, California. Say again now? El Portal, California. L-P-O-R-T-A-L? Yes. P-O-R-T-A-L. Population 372. Mm. El Portal was started in around 1907. They had a post office then. 1907-07. And in the fall of 1907, they were also starting to build a hotel there. Now, why would they build a hotel in El Portal, California, when there's only 372 yeah. people living there. I always wondered why they built a hotel in Hooterville, <laughs> when there only seemed to be about 10 people. That was people. a retirement job for Uncle Joe. <laughs> He's moving kind of slow, <laughs> as we know, at the junction. Hey, Kate. <laughs> Poor Kate was making fried chicken <laughs> for, forever. There are only 10 people in the whole town. I till, think they had two guests. Oliver and Lisa Douglas moved in. Moved in. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver, you want me to make some hot skates? <laughs> Anything you say, Mrs. Douglas. <laughs> well, let's go to El Porto. But you Porto. were saying. But yes, you, back you, to El Porto, California. Yes. El Porto actually in Spanish means the doorway or the gateway mm. because it is the gateway to Yosemite National Park, which was closed for a little while uh, or late last week because of uh, rain and flooding. We're happy to report that parts of it is uh, opening up today. It wasn't supposed to open up until later in the week, but late word is that uh, that park is opening up uh, tomorrow. Well, it should be fully open. Yosemite National Park, every person needs to see this at least once. It is absolutely magnificent. And maybe you'll get to meet uh, the most famous resident there, Yosemite Sam. Yosemite <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Could well be. I hadn't thought of that, but sure enough, Yosemite Sam, who resides in El Porto, California, sunny skies today. They need some sunny weather there. And 62 degrees in El Porto, California. <laughs> You know what that means. Time to take that freeway of love, Dr. Kevin Mostreet, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Good morning to you, my friend. Welcome back. Yeah, I wish I was back, Dean. I'm headed back this afternoon, so I'm uh, still hanging out in North Carolina, but I'll be back uh, like 5 o'clock tonight. I imagine you are uh, probably having a nice time while you're there, though, right? 
I know it's raining today, but it was 80 the last couple of days. So, yeah, it's kind of it's not a bad thing to do to get away and work from a distance for a while. Yeah. So I get to work from here for a couple of days every month. So you're back, so not at, bad. back at five o'clock today, you said? Yep. Because I'm I'm hopping a flight right around that same time. We could rendezvous at the airport. Are you at O'Hare or Midway? I'm at O'Hare. I'm at Midway. <laughs> well, Mel, I'll see you next time then. That probably won't work. <laughs> probably. See you in another six years. <laughs> so uh, on a serious note, I wanted to start off today uh, talking about the sudden death, fairly sudden death, of talk show host Jerry Springer. Uh, he uh, apparently was a bit battling uh, pancreatic cancer, and uh, as is the case often with pancreatic uh, cancer patients, uh, it comes quickly. Uh, it comes with virtually no notice, or by the time you do know that you have something, uh, it's too late. Where are we right now? We've made such strides in fighting cancer, but uh, it just seems like pancreatic cancer is the one we can't quite get a grip on. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because of a couple things. One is the symptoms, by the time an individual has symptoms, the cancer has spread beyond the pancreas often and is just devastating because it's elsewhere. Some individuals, let's say you have some abdominal pain or you have a kidney stone even, you go in and incidentally they find a small tumor on the pancreas. So it's found on an incidental finding. It can often be treated. When it's advanced, it's a little bit more difficult. So really, we're looking for what can we do to identify these earlier besides just doing CAT scans or MRIs on everybody. And really, some of the newer testing with DNA testing of the bloodstream is probably going to be advancing this so that we can identify in the blood DNA from pancreatic cancer cells. Not there yet. There's a couple companies that are getting a little bit closer, but unfortunately, it is still it's an awful disease. It's very rare. But people that have it, if you've known people that have it, it's uh, it's devastating. Yeah. And, you know, the outcomes are not good. There was a, uh, a big uh, walk uh, at Soldier Field yesterday for pancreatic cancer uh, in which uh, many survivors uh, showed up to speak before the actual uh, 5K walk that took place. So I mean, it's not uh, it's it's not impossible to beat pancreatic cancer, but I guess it's pretty rare, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's not impossible at all. I don't want to send that message out. We have extremely talented um, oncologic surgeons that that will do a surgery to remove this, and then couple that with chemotherapy and radiation, and. You know, the life expectancy at five years and 10 years, that's often what we track with cancers. That is certainly going up with pancreatic cancer as the advancements are being made with chemo and with the skill of very talented surgeons. But um, unfortunately, in some individuals, by the time they get it, it's in their liver, it is elsewhere, it has spread. Um, But many individuals were still being able to extend their life uh, quite a bit. I have a very good friend whose wife had pancreatic cancer diagnosed, I want to say, 15 years ago. Oh, wow. And it was doing wow. well. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great news. Apparently, for Jerry Springer, it went uh, pretty fast, as is the case with almost a, a, any case of pancreatic cancer that I've heard. Is it, uh, is, is it the, the, the most fatal of the cancers right now? Almost, almost everything is, has become pretty treatable. 
uh, it's not non-existent. Yeah. It's not a treat, you know, like a diabetes or anything like that right now. Right. But uh, you know, I, I think about when we first started doing our breast cancer specials, what twenty twenty five years ago, something like that. Uh, it was pretty bad, and uh, now it's pretty controllable. Breast cancer. Where where are we in terms of uh, the you know quote the cancers that you want to get and quote the cancers you don't want to get? Yeah, you know, and like you said, if you do, if you talk about colon cancer, breast cancer, cervical cancer, lung cancer, ones that we can screen and capture early, that's great. You know, the ones that are still the, the really, the ones that I just cringe when I hear somebody has one is GBM, uh, glioblastoma multiforme, that's a brain cancer. Mm. The surgeons are great at taking out that tumor, but often they can't get it all because they can't see where the tumor actually extends to. Mm. So that's a bad one pancreas as well again both of those because by the time you get symptoms it is spread and it advanced you know and you look at something like malignant melanoma you know skin cancer that used to be very deadly and very fatal now we're doing much more better skin uh, cancer screening as well as now we have what we call Mohs surgeons that can make sure that they're removing that and we're really getting into vaccines for melanoma. So very promising things that uh, have been shown in melanoma, which we're really going to hopefully expand to pancreas, to GBM, to some of these more difficult cancers. Yeah. Is that something that people should ask their dermatologists about, a, uh, a vaccine for uh, uh, skin cancer? No, because actually it's the opposite. It's what happens is we find somebody with melanoma, we take those cells out, we then make a vaccine that goes and looks for more cells in the body. Hmm. So it's not a preventative vaccine. It's actually a treatment vaccine. I see. So the preventment vaccine is what they're working on now, saying if we can identify this vaccine to go out and attack cancer cells, can we use this as a preventative vaccine instead of one of our arms of treatment? Hmm. They're not quite there yet, but uh, something that we're certainly looking at is going to be the importance of vaccines in uh, cancer. A 630 texter says, does Dr. Most know anything about uh, experimental CAR T cell therapy for pancreatic cancer? Says, my son successfully had that therapy for lymphoma last summer. Yes, yes. So CAR T cell therapy is, is probably going to be the tipping point for all of this. And it's really, it's, it's been really worked well with lymphoma. It's worked with some leukemias now. Um, but certainly it is trying to essentially get rid of your bad cells, replace them with cells that are going to work. So they, they collect your white blood cells. They then take your T cells and they send them somewhere. And then they come back and essentially give them back to you uh, to help go and fight any of those lymphoma cells that are still around. It is certainly going to be something that is going to be fascinating for a lot of different cancers. We'll uh, talk much more about that as we learn more about it. Uh, I want to take a quick break and we come back. Uh, I want to talk a little about Parkinson's. Uh, as we say goodbye to the month of April, we also acknowledge that April is uh, Parkinson's Awareness Month. And I just want to you know, briefly uh, go over that. Uh, there is news about uh, an uh, Omicron booster, which has uh, now been approved, a second Omicron booster. And we'll also get to your phone calls and texts for Dr. Kevin Most, 312-981-7200. Mm-hmm. 
Happy Sunday morning to you, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital, on the line with us as always. And uh, a question uh, about pancreatic cancer from the 407 area code. Can lifestyle factors lead to pancreatic cancer, such as poor diet? Well, we know that there are risk factors. Often diet is not one of them, but we know that alcohol, tobacco certainly are. Um, I guess poor diet from a cardiovascular point of view is not going to impact pancreatic as much, but really it does come down to alcohol and smoking are two of the highest risk factors for it. Okay, let's uh, go to, uh, let me see here, Jim, uh, 312-981-7200. You're on with Dr. Kevin Most. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking the call here. Sorry to hijack the conversation away from way more important stuff. But I'm curious, Doc, as to why we're not seeing any kind of media push or even coming from the clinic push for the for the new booster. Uh, I, I am a pharmacist. We, we did all of 15 last week, and it, it, it's just pitiful. You know, Jim, it's one of the reasons we have it on today, it, and uh, I agree with you. You know, it caught a little blip, but it really didn't do much. And what he's talking about is that the Omicron booster has now been approved here in the United States for a second booster. If you remember, we talked a couple of weeks ago, Canada, the U.K., other countries had gone ahead and approved that. Right. And we just sat we just sat on the sidelines. And um, I was going, why? We have vaccines sitting on shelves not being used. Why aren't we using this knowing that the antibodies wane? So hopefully individuals who are listening today know that you can get a second booster if you're over the age of 65, four months after your first booster. And those of you who also are immunocompromised, you can get it two months after. Now, the definition of immunocompromised is very wide. I define it as individuals with diabetes, heart disease, obesity. So really, there aren't very many people over the age of 60 who are not somewhat immunocompromised and could be getting that second booster. We all think yeah, that's a really gone. good point. Okay. Yeah, we all think COVID's gone. And I can tell you, Jim, last week we had 20 COVID patients in the hospital still. So it's still out there, still in the community. Yeah. And we need to make sure we get that vulnerable population protected. What's your guess? Well, we're waiting. I, 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 I <laughs> Send be, them in. I'd be, I'd be curious of what both of you think, uh, why people are avoiding it. Are, do, do people, are people just sick of talking about COVID? Uh, you well, know, is it is it deni- is it that. denial? Is it is it a form of denial that you know people don't want to uh, you know don't want to find out that they might be positive? So you know, it's better there's, there's just to lot. put your head in the sand. Sorry, go ahead. No, there's there's a lot of people that are just vaxxed out. I get it, but that core population that that's been the first to jump at the vaccines whenever they come out are not showing up because they're not hearing about it. The few people that I'm getting are ones that see my signs all over the pharmacy that said, hey, the new booster's here. And I believe it's very effective against this India Omicron version. Isn't that correct, Doc? It is. It, it is. You're right. You're spot on on all your comments. And one, I think it is more of a lack of awareness. The population that they can get this has usually has not only responded to it well, but has also responded to step up to get it. And the other thing I can't highlight enough to everybody listening is the importance of pharmacists. Pharmacists are a wealth of information that you can go and ask questions to. They know so much. They know a lot about the vaccines, certainly, but they also know about the medications you're taking. And ask them about side effects and ask them about drug interactions. We don't use pharmacists well enough for the education that they're provided. Most of the pharmacists have doctorates in pharmacy, so really we should... Well, first of all, Jim, thanks for your service. But two, 
we need to make sure that you guys are not only honored and respected in the right way, but also that we use you as an asset in the community. Here is uh, a, a text uh, from 815. My husband and I received our second booster last week. No side effects other than a slightly sore arm. This was our sixth COVID vaccine. Grateful for science. Because, uh, you know, I, I, I was about to ask you, what about side effects? I think that's keeping, you know, people away also from getting additional vaccines because we've heard so many side effect stories. But here at least is one story. Uh, one, you know, two people, a husband and wife, who got their vaccines, and all they had was a slight uh, a sore arm, which is all I had when I had all of my uh, vaccines and boosters. Yeah, and you know, Dean, you and I both have had COVID, and I'll tell you what, I'll trade a sore arm for a day or two, yep. but I will for the symptoms of COVID anytime. Yeah, I agree, Jim. Great question. Really appreciate you calling in. Have a great day today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, let me see him go to Mary Jo. You are next on WGN. Thank you. Dr. Moats, a question. How long after you quit these terrible vices, smoking and drinking, are you safe? Well, Mary Jo, it really depends on a couple of things. One is how long you smoked and one is how much you drank. But if you, took, if you look at smoking, we go by something called pack years. And a pack year is a pack a day for a year is one pack year. So if you smoke two packs of cigarettes a day for 10 years, you're going to be at 20 pack years. We've seen that the incidence of lung cancer really goes up after about 30 pack years. That's a total exposure. But we do know, however, that people who quit smoking, within five to 10 years, a lot of that lung capacity will come back and you do well and you certainly have decreased your exposure, so your pack year history as well as the continued exposure to chemicals in the lungs. Alcohol, a little bit different um, because the liver turns over as quickly as it does, and that's usually where the damage is done with alcohol is in the liver. So individuals who stop drinking, certainly their liver can regenerate to a point where it works fine, and really it'll decrease all the chances for any other cancers that are alcohol-related because it's that continued toxin exposure which is causing the decrease in the efficiency of the cells to reproduce properly, which leads to cancer. Does that make sense for well, you, Mary, Mary Jo? Thank you. You made my life changes sound very positive. <laughs> how, great, how, Mary Jo, congratulations for stop smoking. You know, and if you quit drinking as well, that's great. If you say, hey, I still want to have a little glass of wine every so often, okay. But if you stop smoking, no good has come out of smoking. They'll still argue a little bit that red wine still helps a little bit every so often with heart disease. So if you quit both of those, that's great. But certainly the smoking is the biggest one for you to quit. And congratulations. Congrats to you. Yeah, it for, was a big deal. For, for how I long, start. Mary Jo, have you been off the SIGs? Uh, since 1982. Oh, well, pretty long time. That's good for you. Well, that's great. I, I started at 16 to join my parents. Yeah. Well, you know, it was very glamorous back then. <laughs> yes, it was. Very Certainly cool. was. Mom, All the cool kids were doing had, it. And Mom had the cigarette holder. <laughs> oh wow! That yeah. was hard. that's oh, hard. Yeah. That's hardcore. Yeah, Mary it's Jo, congrats! Congratulations to you, and thank you very much for the good call. So, uh, April is Parkinson's Disease Awareness Month. Uh, just this past week, we learned that comedian Richard Lewis. Uh, was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. He made the disclosure. Of, that's why he's no longer doing stand-up uh, comedy. That's why he's not touring anymore. Michael J. Fox, of course, probably is the most 
uh, uh, out in front of uh, sharing that he's got the disease. Uh, Neil Diamond is currently living with Parkinson's. Uh, Muhammad Ali had it. Alan Alda is living with it. Are we making strides with Parkinson's, uh, Kev? We are a little bit, Dean. And, you know, it's interesting. Out of all those people we listed, I would bet you have interviewed probably half of them, if not all of them. And really, the impact that Michael J. Fox, the Michael J. Fox Foundation is making is really making strides. You know, this is a disease that we've known about for over 200 years. And if you think about that, 200 years and we haven't really figured out a lot about it. Well, recently, the Michael J. Fox Foundation found a protein called the Parkinson's protein that is in the spinal fluid of individuals prior to them getting Parkinson's. Now you say, well, what good is that going to do? It's at least going to give us a starting point to say, why is this occurring? What can we do to to treat it, to slow it, to stop it? Because what we're finding now is by the time we make the diagnosis, which is, again, after people start to have symptoms, that 60 to 80% of the damage in the brain has already been done. So then we give you medicines called dopamine, which work for a while, but then stop working because, again, of continued damage as well as tolerance. And we really try to go with other therapies like kickboxing, you might have seen, boxing, a lot of more physical activities. And then DBS is our only other uh, really possible treatment right now. So we're making a little bit, but I think this the Parkinson's protein being identified in the spinal fluid, now can we identify it in the blood? And if we can, what can we do to now stop that from happening? Uh, you can get a lot more information if you go to uh, the Michael J. Fox Foundation's website and uh, look it all up. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Safe travels today, Kev. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you. You travel safe, too. We'll see you. We'll talk soon. All right, pal. Thank you so much, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. He's in Rosalina, Indiana, where they have a nudist uh, <laughs> camp. Now, so what I've made heard, you think of that? Well, they were in the news several times. Yes. The yes. question is, what made you think of it? <laughs> because it says You decided it's to include the... It's, it's one of the warmest... Of all the temperatures, you decide to put a nudie, it, nudie temperature in there. <laughs> It's, they don't care how cold it is. It's one of the warmest spots. It's not like they're going to put a coat on or a blanket or anything. It is one of the warmest spots on our weather map yeah, right now for this region. <laughs> is that still there? I don't know. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Sure you don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Where's Shwani? He's in Roseland, Indiana again. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> It's 50 in Rensselaer. It's 50 in Knox. Didn't Plymouth. you grow up in Knox, you said? Knox, Indiana. That's K-N-O-X. Didn't you grow up right near Roseland, No, Indiana? no, no, no. I wasn't close to there. It's uh, Just a bike ride away? But, no, it's a little further than that. It's be <laughs> a Not long bike Your ride paper away. route was there as a young boy. <laughs> hey, I've got your newspaper. Just leave it there. Hi, Mrs. Jones. Just leave it there. Hello, Mrs. Jones. 1010 <laughs> oh. Richards. Sunday morning on WGN. Remember uh, a few months ago, I don't know, we were talking about marijuana for some reason, legalized pot or something. Oh, the smell. We were talking about the the smell. smell, Right. right. And we learned that our WGN listeners are uh, just a bunch of big potheads. (laughs) Boy, you know. (laughs) Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed, right? But now, this morning, my jaw has fallen to the ground again. (laughs) 
to learn the number of people who know about the nudist uh, camps. <laughs> what kind of audience do, do we, we have? have? You pothead nudies out there. Pothead nudies. <laughs> Isn't that what they're called? Uh, I don't know. Oh, naturalists. Ah. Na- yes. Naturalists. naturalists. That's the word. Uh, apparently, uh, apparently, it's rampant. <laughs> According to uh, what many people are telling us on the phone, on the uh, uh, text line this morning. So, <laughs> Well, you never know, do you? Glad the weather's warming up for you out there. <laughs> Did that set off it'll, the baldo meter? It'll be summer in no time. <laughs> did it? Did that set off the baldo meter oh, also? The, ball, the baldo meter would be nothing out there. Did it, does it sound like this? They, <laughs> <laughs> Andy, you want to take that? I'll talk to you in a letter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't either. <laughs> That's a first, isn't it? That is a first. <laughs> that is a first. Uh, who likes Vidalia onions? Raise your hand. Oh, I do. I do. Yes. In a few minutes, you know, they're uh, like coming, you know, they come to town and you buy them in bulk and they're just like freshly harvested and they're so delicious. I'm going to talk to a group selling the Vidalia onions uh, coming up in a few minutes. Can't wait for that. Earlier, we were talking about what, the anniversary of, uh, you know, different things. Today's the 50th anniversary of when Sears Tower opened up, now Willis Tower. Uh, we were talking about the anniversary of Elvis's releasing Jailhouse Rock today, 66 years ago. And Andy had mentioned uh, one of the most famous moments in Chicago sports, the Lee Ilya rant. How did that, now tell us how that all began. So the Cubs had been on a uh, a bad streak early on in the season in 1983, and uh, Lee Ilya noticed that uh, a bunch of the fans there were booing the home team, and that had kind of never really been done in a you know a mass situation, right? And he uh, he didn't react very well to well, to a loss and the booing after the game, right? So he went he went uh, just on a tirade. Yeah, he started ripping on the fans, uh, but you know, like he didn't hold back with no four-letter words oh no no no! and you know this is in front of reporters that was is that like a pr- little press conference he was doing or when he, you know the manager sitting at the desk and yeah, all, all the reporters are there and yeah back in those days it was uh everything post game was done in the manager's office there yeah. were very few if any television cameras there there were no t- tv cameras in there yeah. that day isn't that something and uh like i said before the uh, the late les Gropstein uh was the only radio reporter in there and he had his uh cassette g- rolling and that's the only evidence right. that we hear, can hear it, actually. Right. Obviously, the newspaper reports, which were uh, uh, accounted for oh, at they that don't, point. They don't do justice. Yeah. But this is unbelievable. Yeah, because you, you have to hear the passion with which he delivered uh, the whole thing. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard the unedited version. Oh, really? Oh, are you in for a treat? I don't think I've, I've yeah. only heard the bleeped version. It's impressive. Yeah. Do, it's, we, have, do we have the bleeped version? I don't. Uh, Do I can. I can try to find it. We can find that. Okay. I'm sure Jack can find. Uh, Jack can find anything. Yeah. I mean, he uh, double check it. Jack, do you have? You Do you have it? You're sure that it's bleep? Yeah. Right? Double check it. 
Get that finger on the dump button. Mm-hmm. It'd be a shame if this was all of our last shows today. <laughs> I was hoping to go out on a completely different note. But All right, so this is 40 years ago today, uh, then-Cubs manager Lee Elia. The forecast from the WGN Chicago Weather Center, increasing clouds today. High only around five, maybe some rain this afternoon as well. Rain and maybe showers overnight tonight, a low in the thirties. Cloudy, windy, cold for the season, with a chance of rain and in the morning, and a high around 44, 46 now at O'Hare. I'm Dave Schwan, Chicago's very own, 720 WGN, WGNRadio.com. I remember that day, too. Oh, I remember the day that Schwanty went nuts. <laughs> you know, the weather just irks him every once in a while. Boy, sometimes he is. And you, you think it's easy working with Schwanty. <laughs> People say, oh, you, oh, you were so hard on Schwanty. Yes, we're walking my shoes for a few years. <laughs> Go through that kind of time. Somebody uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, texted and said that, uh, you know, I should treat you when I'm on the way I do with, uh, with when respect. I'm on with Bob. And, uh, yeah, with and more Lou. respect. I never hear you <laughs> sassing back to Bob. <laughs> well... That's yeah. because... You haven't known them as long. We're re- exactly right, yes. That's how I explain it to people, when people tell me that I'm too rough on you, oh, oh brother. <laughs> it's like, I've known the guy for 40 years. Yeah, he should probably start worrying when you're not, now. When you're not 40, rough on him. That's when he should start worrying. I've known him 42. For practically as long as I've known my actual brothers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm much nicer to you yes. than I am oh, to them. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. That's why they always... Uh, you know, uh, ditched you at the movies. Oh, all the four oh, of you would don't go. even get me started on that. <laughs> you don't even get me started on that therapy session. <laughs> my brothers, my take mother, away your money for candy. My mother, you know, we were four brothers growing up. My, my mother would send all of us to the movies. Of course, they didn't want to take me because you know it's like drag along the the baby of the bunch. Uh, so when we get to the movie theater, the Avalon Theater on 79th Street is where we usually went. Uh, they would ditch me in the theater, and uh, I would have to sit by myself, <laughs> much like I do now. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like how I never really thought about the connection. Who, That's mostly how I see movies now, sitting there by myself. But who would have known that you now watch movies even though you're by yourself, but you're getting paid for it? Now this. I get paid for it, yeah. But then I would just, you know, we go see a Vincent Price movie, mm-hmm. and it would scare me. And literally, I remember one time, literally, I don't remember which movie, <laughs> something scared me so much. I was screaming out loud, <laughs> and I ran out to the lobby and sat in the lobby all by myself until my brothers came out. Didn't anybody, a theater usher or someone at the concession stand, say, what's the matter there, young fellow? I don't think so. <laughs> I think they just said, oh, and you sat oh, there in the those, lobby by yourself. Oh, they're those brothers again. And waited, <laughs> waited for the end of the movie. Waited for those dopes. <laughs> I got to hear the Schwanee rant one more time. Do we, Jack? Do we have the? Uh, this was I, I don't remember. That, you mean the bleeped weather I forecast? I don't version? remember what set you off so much that you were so mad during uh, this uh, <laughs> weather forecast. The forecast from the WGN Chicago Weather Center: increasing clouds today. High only around five. Maybe some rain this afternoon as well. Rain and maybe showers overnight tonight. A low in the. Cloudy, windy, cold for the season, with a chance of rain and 
in the morning and a high around 44. 46 now at O'Hare. I'm Dave Schwan, Chicago's very own 720 WGN, WGNRadio.com. <laughs> He's a potty mouth, that Schwan. It's a get to our food show coming up a little bit later on. Talking about the Chicago Tribune's uh, Good Food Awards with Louisa Chu from the Tribune. But I wanted to hit a food topic, which uh, is one of my favorite events of the year. When the Vidalia onions return to Chicago. I mean, you can find sweet onions in the store, but there is nothing like uh, the uh, fresh Vidalia onions that are just, uh, you know, packaged up right from Vidalia, Georgia, and sold around the Chicago area. And as usual, uh, Medina Shrine Clubs are uh, selling them at various locations. Joining us on the phone line, this may be my favorite title of any guest we've ever had uh, on the show. Uh, let's see, do we have uh, Bobby? Oh, we're, we're, we're awaiting the Onion Chairman, the 2023 Onion Chairman of the Shriners Vidalia Onion Sale. Uh, apparently, it's not quite on the phone line just yet. Uh, so let me let me just tell you what you know. The, you can go to the stores and uh, get sweet onions. That's my favorite, by the way, of all the onions that uh, you know you can choose from at the store. I mean, certain onions lend themselves better to certain applications, of course. I almost always use uh, the sweet onions. And if I can find true Vidalia onions from Vidalia, Georgia, all the better. But uh, the uh, the Medina Shrine Clubs uh, set up locations around the Chicago area, and we are very, very close to that, uh, to uh, having these onions on sale at various locations and uh let me see here are we set to go yes we are okay there we go yeah. now, now we have uh my friend uh bobby drell my favorite hey, my favorite uh title of any guest i've ever had on the show 2023 onion chairman welcome to the show nice to have you with us hey it's great to be on your program i want to thank you dean and wgn for hosting Medina Shrine Club and our Vidalia Onion Sales. Uh, this is the greatest, uh, second greatest fundraiser Medina has, and the annual Vidalia Onion Sale returns from May 5th through the 7th. And uh, we're going to be selling onions. We ordered 58,000 pounds of George onions, and they're sweet like apples. They're absolutely oh, delicious. They are so they're so good. Now, how did how did this ever even start with uh, the Medina Shrine Clubs? Do you know? Well, we started Dean about forty eight years ago uh, with uh, this fundraising event, and it's been every year. It's very successful. Uh, we're getting the onions delivered on the third and fourth of May. They'll be out for sale on the fifth which is Friday, Saturday the 6th, and Sunday, May 7th. Now, this, these, year, come, these come directly from Vidalia, Georgia, right? Correct. Actually. Yeah, Glenville, Georgia. Glenville, Georgia, which is, you know, right, uh, you know, right near there. So it's, uh, my, my point being, uh, you're not going to get a, a fresher, better-tasting Vidalia onion 
than you will with the ones that you guys uh, are going to be selling. How many different locations uh, will you be selling these? Well, we're going to have a site set up in about 35 communities. Northern Illinois, we're going to be selling onions. You know, for the listeners, they can go to our website at www.medinaorg. And they can bring up all the locations we're going to be selling Vidalia onions. And um, www.vidalia.org, right? No, no, no. www.medina.org. Dot org. Medina.org. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, but all but the- just uh, just as a you know a matter of reference, uh, Addison, Arlington Heights, Aurora, Batavia, Beach Park, Berkeley. Bloomington, Braidwood, Elgin, Elmhurst, Fox Lake, Geneva, Glenview, Hampshire, Joliet, Kankakee, Lake Bluff, Lindenhurst, Lombard, Mantino, Manuka, Morris, New Lenox, North Riverside, Oswego, Oak Forest, Oak Lawn, Palatine, Roselle, South Elgin, Tinley Park, Wadsworth, Waukegan, Wilmington, Yorkville, and also Zion. And again, if you just go to www.medina.org, M-E-D-I-N-A-H.org. You can find out specifically uh, where the onions uh, are, are going to be uh, sold. Uh, how, about how, These must go so fast, I would imagine, even though yeah. you've got this yeah. huge quantity. I'll, I'll bet the 58,000 pounds of uh, this Georgian delicacy goes pretty fast. Well, you know, Dean, it's a delicious, very sweet onion. They're large like um, a grapefruit. You can grill them on the grill. You know, my favorite, we have a cookbook on our website, which uh, the listeners can access. But my favorite is the onion dip. And also, uh, I enjoy, you know, slicing the onions and making onion rings, putting them in a batter. They're absolutely delicious. And they're very sweet. And you know you can't beat it. No, and you could um, you could you could wrap them up in ladies' hosiery and save them, and you can have them six months from now, and or paper towels. You yeah. know, yeah, and, well, just, that just needs to be oh, in a, a clean, dark place uh, for the, for the onions to uh, last hey, their longest. If you want to put them in ladies' hosiery, that's entirely <laughs> up to you. Whatever kind of lady clothing you want to put them in, I suppose that's your own uh, choice. Uh, I like. I, I've talked about this many times. Uh, you know, I do. I like. I love doing pizzas on the grill. And my, without a doubt, my favorite pizza is the barbecued chicken and uh, caramelized onion pizza. But if you're, you know, so you, you get your pizza crust and prepare it. You put, uh, you know, a roasted chicken. You can buy the chicken at the grocery store already made if you want. And just break it up into pieces. Put barbecue mm-hmm. sauce down on the pizza crust. Put the, the roasted chicken on top of that. And then some caramelized onions on top of that and sprinkle a little more barbecue sauce on it. I would imagine wow. with Vidalia onions, that has got to be so extra super delicious. Hey Dean, you're making me hungry. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, that's a that's a really really good pizza. But I got I got to get my hands on one of your cookbooks so I it can see some of those other recipes. Well, you know, we want to uh, drop some onions off to you. Uh, you know, at the studio, yeah, and then if you know of any other locations, we'll 
we'll add them to our list for next year. All you right. know. All right. All right. But, but as as you said in the beginning, these are onions that are so delicious you could just eat them like an apple. That's how delicious and sweet they are. Yeah. You can, you know, carve them. I carry some in my car. You know, I carve them, give them out to my friends, give them to my painters. Uh, it's just a great onion, and it's an excellent uh, event for Medina. All right. So, our, so the sale, yeah, the sale begins uh, when, Bobby? It starts on Friday, May fifth. Okay. And Saturday, May sixth, and Sunday, May seventh. Okay. If so we have. If we have any left. If there's any left, right, exactly. Now, yep. will, will this be it? Will you guys be getting any more later on in the so, season? So this is just uh, this time. This is the season we have the Valdonia onions. Okay. And uh, this is the only time they're for sale and right I, now. And we got to mention that uh, this uh, benefits the, the good work of the Medina Shriners. Uh, you guys, uh, you know, do do so much to help other people. And in addition to being able to enjoy some nice Vidalia onions, you're also helping out uh, the good work that's done by uh, the Medina Shriners, right? Yes, that's correct. This uh, supports our temple, which we buy supplies for parades and things like that. But the Shriners, uh, we have the nation's uh, 22 nonprofit hospitals, and we have three burn institutes throughout the United States. But this money from the onions goes to support our temple. Yeah, and again, you can get more info. You can get uh, lo- the locations on where to buy the onions, information on the recipe books, etc. Medina.org, www.medina, M-E-D-I-N-A-H, dot org. Uh, Bobby Drell, the uh, 2023 Onion Chairman. Appreciate you joining us today, my friend. Thank you so much. Hey, Dean, we really appreciate it. On behalf of Medina Shriners and our potentate, thank you so much for giving us the time to be on your show. We'll get you some onions. Okay. And uh, <laughs> have a great day. We'll, thank figure, you for we'll all- figure out a time to cook them on TV. I can't wait now. And now, 1037. Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. Time for our Week in Theater segment. In just a moment, meet the stars of the new show, Big River, just uh, opening in the Chicago area. But before we do that, I just want to acknowledge uh, that the Tony nominations uh, are going to be announced this uh, coming week. I believe it is, let me get the exact date here. I believe it's May 2nd. The uh, 2023 Tony nominations will be announced. And uh, one of the uh, people we expect to be uh, nominated is our old pal uh, Sean Hayes, who we had here on the show with us uh, when he did the pre-Broadway run of his show, Goodnight Oscar, uh, which is this amazing, amazing performance that he does about uh, Oscar Levant, the uh, piano virtuoso, who was also the darling of the talk show circuit back in the uh, early 1960s. Uh, It's a riveting show, and Sean is amazing, and he most certainly deserves to be nominated. Something that I expect to be happening. He's been nominated for the Outer Critics Circle Awards and Drama Desk Awards. He's been nominated so far for everything. And when the Tony nominations uh, come out this week, I uh, certainly expect that to happen. But I just wanted to revisit a little bit uh, when, when we visited Sean on his set uh over at the goodman theater why look 
What are the it's odds? Sh- what it's Sean the- and his character that he plays in this show. I heard you mention me, and I <laughs> how, live here. How nice that you would just happen to be here, yes, Sean I Hayes. Mean, how about it? Let's sit down and chat, Dean. <laughs> A nice, comfy conversation. Yeah. Um, thank you for taking some time to talk to us, first of all. We really appreciate it. Well, I have to time. say thank you, and thank you for having me. And I have to say I appreciate your comments, your raves about the show um, is very kind of you, and uh, we we are very proud of the show. So it's nice that it's being received so well. Well, it's it's all you know super well deserved. I mean, the the show is amazing, and we'll talk more about it in a second. But uh, I'm just curious for you, growing up here in the Chicago area, yeah. uh, personally and professionally, growing up here in the Chicago area, working the local theater scene yeah. and music scene around the Chicago area. What's it like for you now to be in this amazing show in this amazing theater? Yeah, yeah it's well, when you say it like that, yeah, it, it all makes it real, right? Now you're, I've made you nervous. Yeah, you may- performance. Sorry. <laughs> Tonight's show will be canceled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, um, it, it, it is um, a dream come true. Like, as a kid in the theater scene here in Chicago and the suburbs, I dreamt of being in a play at the Goodman Theater. Like, you know, the Goodman Theater was associated with A-plus, high-class, quality shows, and I was like, wow, that'd be so cool. You know, it took me a while to get here, but I'm here, so I got my Chicago flag hat on, and and I'm a Chicago native at heart, so it's really special for me to be here. I just love every minute of it. Now, we've got the full interview up on uh, our websites, WGNRadio.com, WGNTV.com. It's also on YouTube. If you, uh, you know, just do a search for Sean Hayes, WGN, you'll be able to watch the interview that we did on stage, on his set of uh, Goodnight Oscar, which is currently on Broadway and getting uh, universally uh, rave reviews. Uh, we fully expect Sean to be nominated for a Tony Award. I'd be shocked if he didn't win. His performance is uh, so riveting. We'll uh, keep you posted on all of that. But let's move on to uh, what we've got going on here in Chicago right now. Uh, you may have seen productions of Big River here in the Chicago area before. It's uh, the amazing Mark Twain story of Huckleberry Finn and Jim uh and uh you know what they uh, deal with uh going down the mighty mississippi river and the story is back here in chicago right now uh with the music of the great roger miller and uh performing as uh, huck and uh jim are eric amundsen and curtis bannister guys it's great to have you both here with us today. Welcome. Thanks Thank so you. much. Thanks yeah. for having us on. So, uh, what was your familiarity with uh, the show and this music? Uh, uh, Eric, why don't you uh, lead us off here with this? Because this is about as Americana as it comes, right? Absolutely. Uh, I didn't have a ton of familiarity coming into it. I didn't, I was one of, I guess, the few schools that didn't read. Huckleberry Finn. Oh, right. uh, I thought you were going to say didn't read. <laughs> yeah, didn't read, period. These days, that wouldn't be too much of a surprise <laughs> somewhere. That right. People aren't allowed to read certain things anymore. Yeah. But uh, no, it wasn't ever something I was required to read in school, and I'd never even heard of the musical before until I auditioned for it. But uh, listening to the soundtrack, I, I really fell in love with it. And um, 
I'm super excited to get to tell the story about it now. Yeah. How about for you, Curtis? Any any background with this at all? I mean, in, in reading it? and Yeah. How, do you, um, how did you approach this? So in middle school, um, I actually did um, up in Green Bay at Lombardi Middle School. Um, shout out Green Bay. Shout out to Green Bay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I know I'm in Chicago. That's I know okay. that those are fighting That's words. That's okay. Um, but I did uh, the musical Tom Sawyer. And when they were, when our musical director was playing songs for us, she played Muddy Water first, and I kind of didn't remember it. And then I was doing a project out in Utah a few years ago, and one of the songs or duets that um, they wanted us to do for the gala was Muddy Water. So became familiar with it again. And then when I was approached with this project, I immediately went to go listen to the music first. So I guess you could say it dated back to middle school, but Muddy Water seemed to be the song that kept coming up over and over again right dating back to middle school yeah, yeah. How, how do you feel like this uh, story uh resonates today i mean y- you know in, in a way it's more timely than it's ever been mm-hmm. uh, isn't it eric uh, I, that's true i think something especially we've tried to accomplish in our production is making real people of all the characters and so when audiences come to see our show they can see themselves or someone they know or just the humanity of the country in the show yeah and curtis how about for you i mean do you feel like there's a certain timelessness to uh, this uh, story that really takes us back to the days of slavery there is particularly now um as you mentioned before how there's some literature or books that are either being taken off of bookshelves or just aren't being taught uh the importance of this story is that it is part of american history and there's going to be Um, elements of the show that are going to be uncomfortable or problematic, but one of the blessings and curses of American history is that it is problematic. But as Americans, we always seem to move forward and learn from it, even though it takes time. Uh, The miraculous thing about this show is it is almost like holding up a mirror to what's happening right now and saying, yes, this is what happened. It is what's happening, but we can progress further and make sure that it's not as acute or not as hurtful or harmful to people just because they may look different or Mm -hmm. they come from different parts of the country or they are just ignorant um, in the literal sense when it comes to certain topics. Yeah, it's, um, you know, you know, to to ignore uh, uncomfortable moments in history, uh, you know, as has been said many times, we're destined to repeat those horrible things. Mm -hmm. Some would argue that we are repeating uh, Mm -hmm. those things again right now. But to revisit them, uh, you know, shines a different perspective on them that we can look and see, uh, you know, why, why haven't we progressed more than we have? Uh, in many cases, do you think? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that um, most people fear either what they don't understand or what they're afraid to learn. Um, The one thing about coming to this show is um, in those uncomfortable moments, it's not that we're forcing you to learn, but we're encompassing just like Jim and Huck are on a raft. It's like, come along on this story with us. Learn some things along the way. You're going to laugh. You're going to jolt up a little bit when you hear a certain vocabulary. But that vocabulary is part of Americana. Mm-hmm. And it would be irresponsible to leave it out just to appease um, where the country is right now or to try to ignore that part of American history. Because at the end of the day, it is American history. Yeah. And you have to talk about it. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. If, if the show got PC'd uh, a little bit to take out some things that some people might find offensive it's 
it's a moment in history. I mean, and I think needs to be presented that way. Obviously, Erica, that's how you're doing it, right? Right. Yeah, I think uh, there is a, an author's note at the front of the book um, describing how it has been updated since its original, you know, 1980s release. Um, and like we said, a lot of that vocabulary that was originally included in the script to stay true to Twain's novel and to showing those sides of American history were updated a little bit um, just because it was overwhelming previously. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I want to. Uh, I don't want to make it sound too serious. It is serious it's subject really matter, but it's <laughs> the the music is in, in the show is really what's amazing. And you guys are going to do a live performance for us in a few mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the music and you're performing the music. All when we uh, come back, Curtis Bannister is here, who is Jim, and uh, Eric Amundsen, who is Huck, in Big River at the Mercury Theater. We'll be right back. All right. It is uh, 1049. This is Dean Richards Sunday morning, our weekend theater segment uh, talking about the uh, brand new production of Big River, which is at the Mercury Theater in Chicago. And we'll be there, by the way, until June the 11th. I'll tell you how to get tickets uh, for the show. This uh, trip down the uh, mighty Mississippi with uh, Huck and Jim. Uh, Eric Amundsen uh, plays uh, Huckleberry Finn, and Curtis Bannister is Jim. How much fun is it to uh, perform this music? I mean, as I said before, it is it's it is pure Americana. But to play this music that is just so I, I don't know. It's, I I keep wanting to call it just like pure clean music. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is that the way that you uh, approach it? performing it yeah it is it it absolutely is a lot of fun for starters um but something i think that's really interesting that we're doing is uh we've removed the drums and the bass from the instrumentation so it's just like guitars keyboard mandolin you know harmonica that kind of stuff by the Uh, way i have to mention uh your harmonica player i don't know if you have more than one but uh is bob kessler who does news here on WGN. He's also an extremely prolific harmonica player. Yeah. Uh, but he, he heard that you guys were going to be on. He goes, hey, you know, I'm in that show. I can't believe it. <laughs> so you want to go see, you know, come and see the show, of course, but come and see Bob Kessler playing yeah, harmonica. Absolutely. And also. he does a great, he does a great job. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Sorry, I interrupted. No, you're good. Um, but yeah, I just think that's really cool. And our, our music director, Malcolm, uh, describes it as really kind of intrinsically folksy, music that way getting rid of the extra kind of poppy elements we're really getting it down to the bare bones pure hmm. folk americana music like and that's where they stripped out some of the uh, musical elements that might make it sound too pop you right know, just yeah. wanted to make it sound as real as possible mm-hmm, which is really interesting to play off of and a lot of fun to work with yeah curtis how about uh, for you performing this music yeah uh the instrumentation that uh malcolm rule did of breaking it down it makes it more intimate it makes it more folksy um the songs are just fun i mean from what most people have walked away saying that River in the Rain, which we're going to do, um, is ends up being like one of their favorite songs. And then Muddy Water is high-flying, really like upbeat, and like you will be bobbing your head and tapping your foot or sometimes grooving in your chair to it. Waiting for the Light to Shine is great. That has elements of gospel that's in it along with the folksy Americana, almost like Tin Pan Alley type feel to it. Um, 
Yeah, even though the plot may sometimes be serious, the music integrated with the plot is just a good time. It yeah. can't be denied. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I need to mention our, our audience. I'm sure is familiar with the music of Roger Miller, who had mm-hmm. uh, lots of hits uh, back in the six, '60s, I think, into the '70s, mm-hmm. with "Dang Me" and "England Swings." England and, swings. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I remember uh, all of those songs as you know, a baby DJ starting off. We used to play. <laughs> All of this Roger Miller's music, and uh, he was a big deal, both uh, crossing over into pop music and huge in country music. Mm. Uh, so the fact that he is, uh, you know, his music is involved in this, I think, also speaks to the, you know, kind of the the essence of uh, what the show is about. Mm-hmm. So, what, what is the name of the song that you're going to perform for us? River in the Rain. Uh, can you set it up for us a little bit? So. We understand what's going on before you actually perform it? Yeah, this comes in the middle of Act One. Uh, we've just had a moment of conflict where uh, Jim is under threat and Huck is very quick on his feet and comes uh, up with a way to dodge whatever conflict that is. And in the resolution of that, the come down, uh, they're heading down the Mississippi River on a warm uh, summer night. And it starts to rain, and the sentiment that they had leads us to the song. All right. Here they are performing from Big River at the Mercury Theater. Uh, Eric Amundsen and Curtis Bannister, Huck, and Jim. River in the rain Sometimes at night you look like a long white train Winding your way away somewhere River, I love you, don't you care If you're on the run Winding someplace just trying to find the sun Whether the sunshine, whether the rain River, I love you just the same But sometimes in a time of trouble When you're out of hand and your muddy bubbles Roll across my floor Carrying away the things I treasure And there ain't no way to measure How I love you more Than I did the day before River in the rain Sometimes at night you look like a long white train Winding your way away somewhere I love you, don't you care But sometimes in a time of trouble When you're out of hand in your muddy bubbles Roll across my floor Carrying away the things I treasure And there ain't no way to measure how I love you more than I did the day before River 
in the rain Sometimes at night you look like a long white train Winding your way away from me River I've never seen the sea Beautiful. Oh, thanks. Thank Beautiful. You. Man, oh, man. And was that Bob I heard on the harmonica? That is Bob. <laughs> Little Bob Kessler, time showbiz musician now. Uh, boy, that's that that just sounds uh, so beautiful and gives you a little taste of uh, what you'll experience when you go to see Big River at the Mercury Theater. It's playing until June the 11th. And uh, you can go to their website to get more information, mercurytheaterchicago.com. Mercury, of course, is 3745 North Southport Avenue. So good to have you both with us. Thank you so much for the great performance. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Ian. Thanks for having us on. Curtis Bannister and Eric Amundsen. Uh, Huck and Jim this morning on WGN. Thank you for uh, all of the very nice... Uh, text that uh, we've been receiving this morning apparently we all took our funny pills today <laughs> yes we did i have a question yes sir why wasn't May i Tim- recognize uh, the uh, <laughs> correspondent from wgn radio <laughs> i like to do this press conference style. Uh, yes uh, mr richards yeah. identify please identify leader us. richards um, uh, Dave Schwan from the WGN Radio Newsroom. Yes. I have a question as to why I had a weather forecast bleeped out as I was reading it, but Tim Joyce uh, is running on here complete and uncut. Why is that? Well, he's not a potty mouth like you are. <laughs> Tim is a young broadcaster. Uh, <laughs> understands the rules of which words can and cannot be used. To pepper a newscast. I mean, you know, certain days we all don't like the weather, but you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to get all Lee Elia on us. <laughs> Seriously. In case you missed it, do you, do you have that handy, uh, Jack? Now, if I may follow Jack, up, I'm gonna get, just, if I just may give follow a little up. instruction to Jack. Keep that uh, audio clip handy at all times, because I just have a funny feeling we're going to be going back to that many, 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 many times. At least, let's see, I have three more newscasts uh, Yeah, yeah, this morning yet. You know me, I'll take something that's good and beat it into the ground. Oh, yeah. In case you missed it uh, earlier. Oh, wait a second. There we go. The forecast from the WGN Chicago Weather Center. Increasing clouds today. High only around 5. Maybe some rain this afternoon as well. Rain and maybe showers overnight tonight. A low in the 30s. Cloudy, windy, cold for the season. With a chance of rain and in the morning. And a high around 44. 46 now at O'Hare. I'm Dave Schwan. Chicago's very own. 720 WGN. WGNradio.com. Take that, Lee Ilya. We've got one, too. I used to love me some Winnie the Pooh. He's Winnie the Pooh. This little, little barrel full of honey. I could see you dancing around the room on watching that on TV. Yeah, if we weren't on so many closed-circuit monitors right now, I, I would <laughs> You still be. would be doing it. <laughs> I don't know where these feeds are going. 
have Putin watching me dance to Winnie the Pooh. I know he's following me. The reason why I'm playing Winnie the Pooh today is he's just been announced as being one of the uh, invited guests to King Charles' coronation next Winnie week. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh is no, okay. going to be there. I don't know what he's going to be doing, but uh, he's going to be there. The, the coronation is next Saturday, and then they're having what they're calling a coronation concert on May the 7th, at which uh, Winnie the Pooh will be among the A-list celebrities uh, participating in that. Are we doing the show from there? I am. Oh, I'm, you are? I'm going. There. Oh, it's just you. Oh, it's just you. Do you hear that, Andy? I did hear that. Just, just you. Yeah. I see. So we weren't invited then. No, I'm good with that. <laughs> I can't imagine being on a flight that long <laughs> with you. <laughs> the plane's not big enough. No, <laughs> no we're not. Of course, we're not going. We can't even go down by the river, twenty feet away from here. <laughs> what are you talking about? We're going to be at the coronation. Well, I think we had discussed it, but I guess not. Yeah, I would love it, but uh, King, you, the, the, uh, Chuck, and you are um, weren't able to come to terms. Uh, no, Chuck, it's, it's the it's the problem that I have is when I send notes to the WGN management that they completely oh. ignore me. <laughs> and I can't say I blame them to tell you the truth because most of my ideas are stupid. I like the polka show or. Polka show was a good idea. Very good idea. But then there was going to be a the disc bowling, bowling, bowling show. Right, they don't right. want to do that. The bowling show I wanted okay. to do. The all disco show. Yeah. I wanted to do. How many? We wanted to do the show on kayaks. Right. In, kayaks in the river. <laughs> you came in. What the, could possibly go wrong with that? <laughs> nothing at all. You came into the newsroom when the first day we talked about that. <laughs> and you looked very serious. You looked I down was. at the river going, it looks fun. How are we going to do this? I've done it. I, I did thought, it, man, he's I did it not summers ago. It looks yeah. fun. I've never been on a kayak, but I've been canoeing. It canoeing, yeah. It can't mm. be that different. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's not, not that different. much different. No, no, not different at all. Just sit there, and I mean, it'd be better if somebody else was paddling for me, but <laughs> I would enjoy it more that way. But uh, but how fun would that be if we were out in the middle of the river? On a nice summer morning. Nice summer morning, having this frivolity, <laughs> only with the threat of one of us being submerged in the water. <laughs> That's what makes it fun, is you don't know which one of us. We're going to tip over. Well, and... first, yeah, eventually we're all going to go in. But who will go first? <laughs> I got my money on Schwatty. <laughs> I got my money on him, too. Well, I should admit this, but uh, I still have not lived down an incident in Michigan that took place a number of years ago. What do you mean? Did in you a canoe. Did you submerge? Yes, in Ooh. a canoe. Yep. What happened? Um, I lost my uh, balance. Oh. Uh-huh. Were you standing? I was getting into the canoe. Oh, yeah. That'll Ooh. happen. And... <laughs> Got to get your sea legs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, the incident doesn't stay in Michigan there. It's not like Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. No, no, no. no. What happens in yeah. Michigan, everybody What happened knows. at Great everybody Bear Lake, knows. Michigan, was no. known within the next 48 hours right. for everybody else that wasn't there. Well, good that you shared it on the air then. To mm-hmm. keep this, to keep now that. everybody else knows about it. Well, They're still laughing. Glad you're okay. Yo, yeah, well, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. When uh, I did most of my canoeing, it was in my ute. When uh, In Boy Scouts. Well, in Boy Scouts. And then uh, a friend of mine, uh, who had his dad had a cabin 
in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, near near Escanaba, Michigan. Oh, it is so beautiful up there. Gorgeous. We used to go up there all the time uh, to the cabin and camping, and you know we would go as kids with uh, my friend's dad, and then as, when we got older, uh, you know we all had our own cars. We would you know go up there, and the drinking age. <laughs> Was lower than it was, <laughs> lower than it was here, and really, it's amazing that we didn't fall in the, the off the canoes. Well, was this an inland lake, or were you on Lake Michigan? No, it was an inland inland lake. Yeah, inland, inland lake. Yeah. Okay. As I was going to say you're on not Lake Michigan, Lake Superior up there. Yeah. No, no, you no. can't go in there; it's just too cold. Right. So, if anybody finds any empty Boone's Farm uh, bottles, <laughs> they were probably left by us. From 1970. I don't even know how we drank that stuff. <laughs> Horrible. But uh, we survived. Andy, are you? Uh, 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 how are you on the water? Not too bad. We did this uh, last summer. Uh, my wife had some friends that came in from out of town, and we came down to the, to the, uh, to the river to do the kayaking. Oh. And the only thing that was a little unnerving was the uh, the young man, and I do see the young man who was uh, teaching us how to do this. He couldn't have been more than 18. Yeah. And they're the guides. And they've, they've run you up at the river, and then they they uh, watch out for you with uh, with the boats coming through. There's mm-hmm. supposed to be no wake or a very low wake uh, with the boats. So it's uh, it's interesting because we did it at night. Oh, fun. And it was when the art at the mart was going on. Oh, that would be fun. At so we can oh, do that down there. Yeah. Very nice. And then we yeah. turned around and came back. That may be one more reason why uh, I don't want to do it now, as I don't want some uh, snotty eighteen-year-old telling me what to do. Yeah, he was, uh, and he was very good. I'm sure they're very knowledgeable. I just, I don't want like, shouldn't you be doing your homework? Yeah, it's a little unnerving, but you know, we we managed, we made it. Get away from me! I'm older than your grandfather. We went whitewater rafting, and then if you fall in, Alaska, in, if you fall in, then an eighteen-year-old has to save gotta you. Got to save you. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Well, the bottom oh, line is, oh, this guy <laughs> fell off the canoe. Help me! Oh, I'm going to go save this guy that <laughs> fell off the cut of the canoe. The Boone's Farm bottle. <laughs> oh, I just like doing that. You voice and for Arnold, Shawnee. the newsboy. <laughs> Doing my kid voice for Shawnee. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was saying that we went whitewater rafting in Alaska. That's, That's exhilarating. And I did not fall in. Did your dad go on that? Yes. In fact, he arranged How the tour. How old was your dad when he went whitewater rafting? He was 83. God bless him. He was 83. That's fantastic. There's a picture on my Facebook page. Ah. Uh, so who else? Is and he did not have a problem with a twenty-something giving us instructions on what to do and what not to do. Well, by the way, well, he's much nicer than I am. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, Mr. Schwab, do you want to get in the kayak? Not white water rafting. <clears throat> that other guy's being rude to me. <laughs> oh, that's my son. <laughs> I meant me. Yeah. Uh, so who else is going to be at the coronation now? Let's see. Not you. Oh, we've got a big, we've got a big name uh, who's just been added to the list. Besides Winnie the Pooh, Tom Cruise. Uh, Tom Cruise yeah. is going to be there. Yep. Wow, what's Tom Cruise doing at the coronation? Filming Mission Impossible Fifty Two. Dun 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 dun. Yeah, he uh, like drops from the ceiling of exactly, West, yeah. Westminster Abbey. Right, it's a, a stunt. Wire. Yes. 
or else like he buzzes the well while they're doing the that that parade that they they do he uh-huh. buzzes it with like a <laughs> well, one of those one of those air force jets or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bump, 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 bump. uh he's gonna be there tom jones oh he's gonna sing that's fun lionel richie katie perry uh former dynasty star joan collins wow Downton Abbey star Hugh, Hugh Bonneville going to be there, but we won't. Nope. We also will not be kayaking on the river. Not for a while, at least. Um, I've requested that they not come down <laughs> to the docks at all, please. Eleven twenty-three. Dean Richards, Sunday morning. WGN. Do you get tears when you slice onions? I do not for some reason. I never have. I don't know if I'm doing something... Am I doing something wrong? Almost everybody gets tears when they're slicing onions. We're talking about Vidalia onions and how the fresh crop is coming to Chicago. The Medina Shriners are going to be selling them uh, starting next Friday, May the 5th. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at locations around the uh, Chicago area. The exact locations at Medina.org. www. Medina.org. And people have been sending in uh, Vidalia onion recipes for me to do some onion recipes on the air, on, you know, for my cooking segment on television, which I'll share some of those. But I was, uh, you know, just thinking about, I never get, I never get tears. But, you know, a lot of people, they can't stop, uh, you know, not, they're not crying, but their eyes tear up from, I don't know, the fumes, the acids. I don't. I don't get that. Do are, are some of you doing it? Are, are, first of all, am, am I alone on this, or do most people? I, I think most people do get them. And what do they say that you run water yeah. while you're cutting the uh, onion, while you're slicing the onion, or you rinse it in water? I don't know to get rid of the fumes or acids or whatever that's causing that irritation. Anybody know about that? Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Be kind of curious about that. But anyway, uh, some of the recipes that have been sent in are interesting ones. A lot of, a lot of uh, grilled or baked onions. And I'll tell you right now, there is, there is no more delicious smell in my house than when I'm caramelizing onions or if I'm baking something with onions in it. And the Vidalia onions, as we said earlier when we talked with the folks from Medina Shriners on this. You could eat a Vidalia onion like an apple. That's how sweet they are and how delicious if you're not familiar. But uh, there is no more intoxicating smell to me than uh, caramelizing or sauteing an onion or baking an onion. Uh, So I've got a lot of recipes uh, for that. But somebody sent me a recipe for an onion, Vidalia onion and feta cheese salad. Doesn't this sound good? Uh, you take uh, two to three of the Vidalia onions. You take uh, and you slice them up uh, thinly. You peel it and slice it up uh, pretty thinly. Uh, you add a quarter pound of feta cheese, some parsley or green pepper, uh, some olive oil, white wine vinegar, lemon juice, oregano, salt and pepper to taste. That sounds delicious. The only thing that I would throw in that's not in this, this is a recipe that somebody sent me. I would take some uh, fresh dill. I would throw some fresh dill in there also. Oh, that would be good. 
That would be super tasty. Uh, but thank you for that recipe. Here's the recipe I'm not quite able to get my head around. And uh, let me see here. For some reason, my text line is... Here we go. My text line is... Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Vidalia onion, nice thick piece of Italian bread, slice of Vidalia onion. I like it so far. And peanut butter. Peanut butter and Vidalia onion sandwich? Really? According to this, it is uh, a great sandwich. It's supposed to be a great sandwich. I cannot even be remotely wrap my head around that. Uh, 312-981-7200. If you've got a uh, recipe idea. And uh, let me see here about this uh, shedding tears thing. Uh, the 847 area code. I have shed many a tear over the years when I cut onions. And I found the best thing to do is set up a small fan on the counter so the air blows across the cutting board. The air blows the onion fumes away and there are no tears. Okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, you, you've, you've seen those tiny little fans. They're almost even like handheld almost. That's an interesting idea for that. Uh, my <laughs> There's one from the 414 area code uh, that says, my grandmother says, if you're not getting tears, you have no soul. <laughs> well, that's entirely possible. Your grandmother may be 100% correct on that. Uh, here is the 312 area code that says, I was told to cut away from the root when slicing onions. Cut away from the root. I guess I do that. Now that I think about it, because when I, when I slice an onion, I cut the non-root end off first. Then I cut the onion in half, root still intact. And then I slice away from the root. Maybe that's why I never have tears, because I'm slicing away from the root, although I never understand why. 773 area code says uh, that they wear swimming goggles when they uh, slice an onion. Okay, that's a sexy look in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, 708 area code, uh, my wife wears one contact lens, so only one eye tears up. That's very interesting. Uh, and here's another one from 847. If you don't cut the root, then you get no tears. Well, that has got to be the reason why I never get the tears then because I never, I actually never slice uh, the root. I slice around it. Uh, so, and, and it's a super quick way to, uh, you know, to uh, like dice and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, the 815 area code, cut out the bulb of the onion and throw it out. Don't put it in the disposal and then cut the rest of the onion. You will have no tears. That gets back to the root. I guess that gets back to the root of the problem and the root of the onion at the same time. So look at that. We've solved a, a mystery here today. Why, uh, why I get no tears. Somebody says light a candle when you're cutting onions. I suppose that that takes some of the, whatever, the fumes, the acid, the whatever's, whatever's causing it, I suppose it dissipates with uh, the flames. Look at that. Look at, look at us solving problems. We talk about onion talk here today. I was listening to all of those remedies for uh, keeping uh, tears. tears from falling. Yeah. And yes, indeed, I get that 
almost all the time when I slice onions. Do you cut the root? Yeah, I guess I do. Yeah, Just see. slice right through, and there it there it is. I cut never the, fails. I cut the non-root end off first. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I ta- I cut the onion in half, but the root is still intact. Okay, and then yeah. now so now I've got these two halves, and I cut slices, but not through the root. I cut slices, and I, I go. Uh, horizontally and then vertically so you get a, like a nice dice mm-hmm. and, and it holds together because you never cut the root mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. apparently you don't get the the tears either as a result of that boy the, the, all that talk about vandalia onions a couple hours ago made me hungry aren't those the best those onions? are those really are there's a salad dressing made with vandalia onions yeah. a ranch type onion dressing it is so good it's called sweet i know exactly yeah. what you mean yeah ken's is the uh uh the brand that one and also there's one by a company out of georgia called braswell's oh, okay very good right. outstanding that's a that's a yummy yummy salad dressing mm-hmm. um i was looking at uh there's an article where did i find this i think it's on uh it's on some website about properly storing foods and one of the things that it showed was how to properly store onions. How do you store your onions? In the refrigerator. After I cut them, if there's, you know. After you cut them. Yes, but before, in room temperature, right on the counter. They need a dry place out of the sun where they can have lots of air and uh, to circulate around it. Yeah. That's why they suggest a mesh bag. Or as a listener called in earlier, said he puts them in ladies pantyhose (laughs) (laughs) oh my Uh, true it's more difficult to put the pantyhose on later when there are onions already in (laughs) up in a few minutes my dean's list a list interview for today uh, talking with author judy bloom who wrote the landmark book back in 1970 are you there god it's me margaret a coming-of-age book uh, that helped so many uh, girls and young women through uh, the uh, many changes in life that they uh, go through as young women, uh, through uh, puberty, through, you know, boyhood crushes, uh, through all kinds of things. The movie is now, uh, the book, rather, has now been made into a movie. And we talked with Judy Bloom and also the director of the movie about that. We'll get to that in a few minutes. I wanted to just share a couple of these. We're going to get into our food time show in a bit. But I wanted to share some of these food storage uh, tips that I found on the on the web. I was just looking around for some other things uh, of the, the proper way to store things. For example, apples, uh, you would think... You know, would just you know, who doesn't put them in the fridge? Most everybody does uh, to make them last a little bit longer. But do you know you're supposed to store them in a plastic bag in the fridge? You don't just put apples in the fridge because apples produce ethylene, which is a ripening gas that can make some of your other vegetables that you have in the fridge go bad more quickly. So if you're keeping apples, keep them in the uh, plastic bag. Really, I keep everything in plastic in the fridge until I'm ready to use it. Uh, just just makes, it, makes it seem like everything lasts a lot longer. Uh, coffee beans, it says. Uh, 
uh, that uh, if you're going to use them quickly, don't bother putting them in the fridge, which introduce uh, moisture and can kill the flavor of your favorite brew. They will last longer at room temp in an airtight container if you're going to use them within a week. If it's going to be longer than that, airtight and in the freezer. That's where I've always put my coffee beans, in the freezer. Uh, Here's one that I never knew, and uh, I don't don't do this. Uh, For different hot sauces, I've got, I don't know how many different bottles of hot sauces and things that I've uh, collected, and that where are they? With most of us in the refrigerator do- door, right? It's where we put our hot sauces. Uh, and according to this article, you can uh, keep your hot sauces at room temp for up to three years. Wow, I never knew that. I thought once you open a bottle of anything, it needed to be refrigerated. But apparently, according to this article, not uh, hot sauces. And uh, for maple syrups... It says uh, that those should be in the fridge. It'll keep for six months. After that, you might want to think about tossing it. Uh, other pancake syrups, not maple syrups, but, you know, just kind of generic pancake syrups uh, are perfectly fine at room temperature. Who would, who would know all this? I think this is super interesting. I could spend the whole show talking about this. Um, here's, here's one about tomatoes. Uh, never put your tomatoes in the fridge. It makes the tomatoes mushy. It, um, they, they lose their taste. Uh, keep them on the counter instead. And some of you will go, well, they ripen too fast if you uh, put them on the, uh, on the counter. You know, then, then it goes, they ripen more quickly than I can use them. Here's a tip that I saw this week where you take a little piece of scotch tape and you put it over, you know, the, you take the stem off, so you just have where the stem was. You put a piece of scotch tape over where the stem was, little piece of tape right there, and it uh, slows down the ripening process because the oxygen can't get into the tomato to uh, do its natural ripening. Then you have to remember to take the scotch tape off before you use the tomato. That would not be good if you had that uh, going on there. Uh, let me see here. Let me get a couple of texts. Uh, Dean, it says, because that's my name, uh, possibly because you are an accomplished chef. I wouldn't go that far. You keep your knives sharp enough to prevent the fumes from spreading while you're cutting. Oh, we're back to the onion cutting again. Um, you keep your onion. You keep your knife sharp enough to prevent the fumes from spreading making you tear up. My mom always told me to sharpen my knife before cutting onions. Well, that makes sense. That does make sense. If your blades are even just a little bit dull, uh, you know, they're going to kind of spread the juices of the onions and the fumes uh, around more than if you're doing a good, clean, clean, sharp uh, cut with a nice, uh, sharp knives. I just sharpened my knives this week. I've, uh, the, the place where I always used to go to get my knives sharpened, uh, moved, and also at the same time, I decided that I'm too much of a cheapskate to keep going to a place to have somebody else sharpen my knives. So I I got uh, all the stuff that you need to sharpen your own knives. It's life changing. If you're a cook, to sharpen your own knives and to have your knives uh, so incredibly sharp, what a difference it makes 
in food preparation. Now, the injury factor does go up slightly when you have your knives that are super, super sharp. But uh, I, I would suggest, you know, some of you might look into that. You have, if you're not sharpening your own knives now, uh, find out the proper way to sharpen your knives. Do it yourself and keep those knives uh, sharpened. It will, I guarantee you, change your cooking process. 11.47, Dean Richards. We feel blue. We Sunday morning, WGN. Feel every kind of feeling. And one of the new movies uh, that is opening this week uh, should have this as its theme song, There Is Nothing Like a Dame. It is the movie that's called Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which is all about growing up as a, a young girl, as a young lady, as a woman, growing up, and the changes that uh, a woman go through physically and emotionally. Uh, the book, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, was written by Judy Bloom back in 1970. Can you believe that? That many years ago. Uh, and all this time, it's never been made into a movie, uh, although it just, you know, it seemed like it was ripe for somebody taking the, the book and turning it into uh, kind of, a, you know, a, a, a comedy about those years, a uh, coming of age story, really, for women. And that's finally what has happened now with uh, this motion picture that is out. That is, uh, I, I think it's a must-see for any young girl, young woman, for any women, really, that may have especially grown up reading this book, Are You There, God? Uh, it's me, Margaret. Uh, it's uh, it's funny. It's thoughtful. It is compassionate. It is tasteful. Uh, I think it's just, uh, you know, got everything. And I might say to, uh, you know, some of our some of our, our, our guy uh, listeners, I'm not going, I ain't going to no movie that's about growing up uh, a woman. Uh, I, think, I think that it would be very helpful for guys to better understand what women go through at this uh, very difficult time. You know, for parents to understand, you know, fathers to understand what their uh, kids are going through, for, uh, you know, brothers, family members, friends to better understand what's going through, to be uh, a little more empathetic uh, and uh, compassionate about that, I think, you know, is, is not a terrible idea. Um, that's what this movie is about. I gave it a Dean's List a B plus. I, I actually liked it quite a bit. And I w- was laughing uh, quite a bit. It's, uh, it's thoughtful and compassionate and all those things, but it's also beautifully written, beautifully directed by Kelly Freeman Craig, who sat down with me, along with the author of the original book, Judy Bloom, who, uh, when we talked on a Zoom chat, I asked, what took so long to make this a motion picture? I was waiting for Kelly. <laughs> I didn't know it, but I was waiting for Kelly. Mm. And she was the perfect, perfect teammate. Yeah, what, what, uh, what are the storytelling qualities that she has that, uh, you wanted to hand your project over to? I just think that after talk, first of all, she came with a great credential. She wrote and directed a movie that I had seen already called The Edge of Seventeen, a movie that I really could relate to, and I felt that was, you know, just right for Margaret, that the, that the writer-director of this movie could be the writer-director for Margaret. And um, 
a lot through a lot of talking and idea swapping. Mm-hmm. I just I just felt so good about it. Are you surprised, like a lot of people are, that this story has become so timeless that in this you know social media world that we're living on, the electronic world, kids so much more sophisticated now than we were when we were kids, that this is still such a timeless story to tell? You know, um, I can remember somebody asking me when I wrote the book, but do you think that people will still read it 20 years from now? And I was young, and I remember saying, I really don't care. I only care that they're reading it now. So it never, ever occurred to me that we could be sitting here 50-something years later and talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly, what do you think those qualities are that make it such a a timeless story. I think Judy writes with such honesty, you know, and she doesn't shy away from the the details, some of the embarrassing details, you know, and I I think that 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 honesty is what makes it feel timeless. You know, when you tell the truth, it's the truth any decade, you know, Um, and I think in particular, she so perfectly captures what it feels to be this age, and that doesn't change either. I, I find a little bit ironic that you know this movie is coming out and a, a, re- a reawakened consciousness about this book is coming out at a time when books are being banned, books yeah. that deal with uh, you know straightforward things that people a kid should know and. You know, in informing them about what's out there in the world, they're being banned. That this here comes a great reminder of why we need uh, to talk about things, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's shocking. I mean, it's shocking because I went through it all in the '80s, and it's not that it ever went away, but it 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 was fading, 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 and suddenly, boom, mm-hmm. we're right back there. Only it's worse. And it's scarier because it's government. How do you think this is going to play with uh, boys? Uh, the The audience that I saw this movie with yesterday, there was one woman in in the audience. There were about twenty of us, but only one woman. Uh, and I, I wondered how everybody else felt about it. I could relate to it in many levels of, uh, you know, parents of different religions and you know the differences. And I don't think there are too many differences. Well, I mean, there are some huge differences of what boys and girls go through, but we're all going through a really uncomfortable and awkward time, regardless of our, our gender. We've had the experience or we have screenings, and I think I think men and boys walk in thinking that it's not going to be for them. Um, and I think they're surprised that they do laugh and that they go along for the journey and that they do relate, you know, in different ways. Um so yeah, and and a lot and several of them come up and say that they cried. Yeah, you know? a lot of them. And that's, a lot of them. Yeah, my my husband cried. Yeah, um, which I was very touched by that. Yeah. Um, but you know, we made it. We didn't think about that. I mean, no, I said uh-uh. to Kelly and Jim, I said, I'm going to tell you right now, this was day one when we met, who your audience is going to be for this movie. And it's going to be the nostalgia audience, all the, all the women and some men, yes, who grew up with Margaret. And, um, 
and that's going to be the audience. Not so much the kids today, but the people who remember it was their childhoods. And that's true, but it's but, also but but it is the kids it? these days. It's it's all it's it's, it's all so ages. Is, we've you know, found out. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's exciting too because um, some of the people that you know, this youngest generation that that don't know about you yet are suddenly being introduced to you, and that's exciting because um, I don't think anyone should go through adolescence without Judy Blume. How about that Aretha Franklin song right before the news? Amazing. And that that is really a stunning performance. That is my, it the, certainly is uh, unbelievable. When she walks out on stage at the Kennedy Center with her fur coat on and her purse. and her purse. Yes, I didn't want to leave her purse backstage. <laughs> the old school performers nef- never left anything valuable backstage. Yeah, <laughs> that really is an amazing and the look on Carol King's oh, face yeah. when she came out. Wow, that was great. Yeah. Thank you for playing that. That was uh, really, I mean, that's always a joy to hear. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I hope it calmed you down a little bit. (laughs) Because earlier, if you weren't listening earlier in the show, uh, we had an an incident with uh, Schwanee during a weather forecast. (laughs) That, uh, well, we can, all all we can say is on behalf of the management of WGN, uh, we apologize for this that happened. (laughs) Forecast from the WGN Chicago Weather Center increasing clouds today high only uh, around five maybe some rain this afternoon as well rain and maybe showers overnight tonight a low in the 30s cloudy windy cold for the season to with a chance of rain and in the morning and a high around 44 46 now at o'hare i'm dave schwan cargo's very own 720 wgn wgnradio.com that's the best place one. The right after his name. That's the best one. Every beef is funnier. I don't know what bug crawled into Shawnee this morning, but wow, is he in a bad mood earlier today? Well, glad you're better now. The word the word was um, S N O W. No, sure it was. It's a four letter word, all right. So much coming up. Get into our food time show today. The Chicago Tribune's just put out. Their uh, special awards that they uh, hand out every year, the Chicago Tribune Reader's Choice Food Awards, the best uh, restaurants and such around the Chicago area. Louisa Chu, food critic for the Tribune, will be joining us uh, a little bit later on to talk about that. I wanted to uh, just get into just a quick little segment here on uh, the Unsung Heroes people that do amazing jobs that don't get enough thanks Uh, and there are plenty of them but i want to open up the phone lines for people uh not necessarily you know by name but professions that do amazing jobs that you don't feel get enough attention and get enough thanks in particular i was at the advocate uh, christ medical center last night in oaklawn 95th and Costner. It's been there forever. Haven't been there for a long time, but I have a relative who's uh, in the hospital right now, and I went to visit last night. And um, this is uh, this is an amazing medical center. I mean, fr- when I grew up uh, in the south suburbs around the Beverly area, frequently, you know, if there was an accident or an operation or, you know, something like that, frequently you'd wind up in, at Christ, as we used to call it. Uh, and uh, now it is one of the major trauma centers in the Chicago area. 
And uh, I just want to throw a little more thanks and acknowledgement to the uh, nurses in particular. I mean, the doctors, uh, you know, certainly get, uh, you know, they, they need to get their thanks. But, uh, man, do these nurses and the nurse assistants and the practitioners and the people who are out in those rooms uh, every single day, uh, sometimes 12-hour shifts, sometimes longer, uh, you know, working to compassionately help people. I witnessed, uh, you know, nurses, uh, nurse assistants, uh, technicians who were just amazing. They were they were just amazing in this high pressure, uh, you know, trauma center uh, handling people where it would be easy to be dismissive and to be kind of quick. But uh, the 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 care that they were giving was amazing. And uh, I just want to say you don't get enough thanks. And I want to say thank you uh, not only to the ones that I witnessed at uh, the Advocate Christ Medical Center last night, but I'm sure that's going on in, you know, every uh, hospital, every nursing facility. Uh, I know how hard the people worked when my mom was uh, uh, at, uh, you know, a uh, uh, assisted living facility, uh, how how difficult that was, and, you know, that they are just really kind of unsung heroes. They don't get enough attention. But uh, I'm going to give you a little attention today, if you don't mind. Three, for, you know, at least for a segment here. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is our phone number. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Not necessarily by you know the person's name, but what about what are some of the other professions that uh, deserve some kind of uh, special thanks? That well, they deserve any kind of thanks because uh, you know a lot of times they don't even get that. Uh, let me see here. Rosemary, how about you? Who do you want to thank? Well, I want to thank the uh, firemen, paramedics, and the police officers and anybody that's on the front line. Yeah, all oh, those first responders. I, I, you know, it's, yes. Well, you know how, how they say the, the people who are running into a burning building while everyone else is running out? Mm-hmm. It, well, I had an experience, and it was a very neat experience because... They knew what they were doing. They got me to the emergency room, and I, I just appreciate them so much. Yeah, they uh, we we can't thank them enough. Uh, the the first responders for all of the you yeah. know they they have a difficult job. I mean, it's in addition to the danger. Uh, you know, sometimes there are lots of other obstacles that are in the way, and uh, they're yep. they're there to help people. And uh, you know, they're they're but the grace of God goes uh, Rosemary, Amen. Who, who got through. Yep. I appreciate your yes. call, Rosemary. I'm glad it worked and out. Okay. Thank you, and have a good day. Thank you. I appreciate your call, 312-981-7200. Uh, here's another one. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to hear about a lot of first responders. Uh, 773 area code. Uh, somebody says here, my mother just came home from Insight, the old Mercy Hospital. I didn't know that's what it's, what it's called now. Insight, the old Mercy Hospital. Uh, thank God they didn't close it. They took care of my mom like a queen. So special thanks goes out to everybody over at Insight. Uh, here's another one saying, uh, Dean, amen. Uh, what you said about Christ Hospital. I spent a month there when I had open heart surgery. God bless the doctors and the nurses and all others, the teams of people. Uh, we need them all. Uh, here's one that says, uh, thanks to our pastor and our priests 
at uh, my church. Yeah, we don't thank them enough for all that they uh, provide to people. This is an interesting one. 773 area code says, thank you to the 911 operators. Absolutely. When's the last time we thanked the 911 operator? But they are the conduit through some of the most difficult situations in life. And, uh, you know, we want to give some special thanks out to them. Denise, how about for you? Hi, yes, I would like to doubly, doubly thank our teachers. Mm. They spend their own money. They just work tirelessly. They go home. They take their work with them. They are incredible. They are teaching our future. These people have our future in their classrooms. And if we don't honor them and thank them, you know, they're the only profession really that has to bring their pencils and papers to work. Right. Every other profession, they just, lawyers and doctors don't have to do that, you know, and yet teachers just do that. They're incredible. Yeah. So I just want to say thank you. Yeah, and nothing, you know, nothing to knock uh, lawyers and doctors. No. But but they're they're not shaping the minds of... They are not. ...the future. I mean, you know... We we wouldn't have the lawyers, we wouldn't have the doctors if we didn't have the teachers. That's exactly correct. (laughs) I mean, if you think back... Uh, I'll bet you can think of some teachers who are especially influential in your life. I know I can. Uh, Absolutely. You know, that, that made, actually, made a difference. Oh, excuse me. And oh. actually, this week is um, Appreciate Teacher Week, so please let's make sure we do. Oh, really? Even if, you know, you can just kind of go back and say, hey, wait a minute, I remember that teacher. Send her a thank you note. Send mm. him a thank you note. You know, just anything, just to say, hey, you know. Send them a dozen donuts to your local school. They would love it. Hey, there you go. There's a good idea. So get, get, get a little something they can all enjoy while they're there. Absolutely. I, all right. Thank you, Dean. And I, thank you for, for DJs. That's right. We perform this public service that... You really do. Thank goodness cannot really be matched. You really do. I appreciate no your kidding. call. Thank you so thank much. You. Bye-bye. Bye, Denise. Thank you. 312 981 uh, seven two hundred. Here's uh, one that says, "Amen to the teachers." I'm a substitute teacher, and just dealing with the behavior that we have to deal with uh, make us heroes. Yeah, so, see, you shouldn't have say they shouldn't have to say it themselves. I mean, I guess it's good that they do, but we should be able to appreciate them without uh, you know somebody saying, "Yes, I am a, a hero." We should be saying, "You are the ones that are the hero." Uh, 630 area code. Dina, shout out to all the caregivers who give tirelessly for those who are in need. Yeah, this is something that I can relate to personally as well. When my mom was, you know, in the final, you know, I guess about a year we had a caregiver with her. Uh, but uh, they are angels. They are angels sent to help people here on earth that just, uh, you know, give and care and give and care. Uh, thanks to all the dedicated, compassionate, compassionate home health care people. They allow families to live more normal lives. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people we ought to be uh, thanking here. Uh, this is Maria. You're on WGN. Hello. Hey, Dean. I want to thank you to WGN, Aww. to all the radio hosts, all the whole crew that works to make this station so successful and especially a shout out john williams 
his speed jokes. Exactly. He kept us all going during COVID. Kept so the, uh, I have great appreciation. Yeah, kept a lot of people laughing during a difficult time. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, well, thank and you. And all of you. Thank you. like a family. Well, so we, thank you. Mm-hmm. We, we say uh, thank you to all of our listeners that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. have, have kept us going through, uh, you know, not only during the pandemic, but in my 30 plus years here, uh, I, mm-hmm. I've, I've always said that we have the most special relationship with our audience more than any other station that I've ever been at or seen. Mm-hmm. There are a few relationships mm-hmm. like the ones between the listeners and the people who are on the air here at WGN. So uh, thank you. Yeah, I, 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 we appreciate that very much. Very nice of you. OK, have a good day. Thank Stay you well. very much. You too. It is 1223. Welcome back in. Dean Richards, 720 WGN. Uh, Taking a few minutes to say thank you to uh, professions that don't get enough thanks. Uh, 312-981-7200. We uh, talked about first responders. We talked about uh, nurses and caregivers. Uh, I mentioned that we all got started because I was talking about my observation in visiting a relative at the Advocate Christ Medical Center in Oak Lawn, uh, how, how hard the, the nurses and the nursing staff uh, all are working, but so compassionately and with such care uh, of uh, you know, helping people who are not feeling well uh, to put their minds at ease and to help them uh, feel a little better. It was, it was something to see and not something that you see uh, all the time. That's why I wanted to uh, just say that here's a profession that uh, needs a, a special extra little thanks. Uh, we heard about teachers uh, very definitely, and on our text line, uh, some interesting uh, picks. Uh, we have here, uh, yeah, school administrators, school psychologists, guidance counselors. Uh, here is one very interesting from the 224 area code. Thank you to the guys and ladies that clean and empty the garbage and make hospitals and schools clean for us. Boy, do they never get any thanks. The people who take care of the, these facilities, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one uh, to bring out here. Somebody uh, also on our text line, let me see if I can find it quickly. I don't know if I'll be able to because they're scrolling in like crazy. Oh, here it is, 630. Uh, thank you to anyone who has to clean bathrooms for a living. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we don't really think about that until the bathrooms are not cleaned. And then, you know, you go, you know, well, what's going on here? This is filthy. Uh, but, you know, the places that uh, keep their bathrooms uh, immaculately clean, especially in hospitals, especially uh, for schools, especially in those kinds of situations, uh, very, very definitely. Um, shout out to caregivers and paramedics. Absolutely. Here's someone from the 815 area code. I would like to thank the Amazon drivers. They were reliable during the pandemic and uh, they remain, hang on, it's going slowly. They remain reliable and friendly to this day. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to expand that. Not only the Amazon drivers, but all the home delivery people that uh, many of us used during the pandemic and in some cases are still using on a regular basis that's a tough job to go from door to door and delivering things and sometimes things aren't just right 
And never mind when the weather is uh, terrible, if it's pouring, raining, or snowing, and, uh, you know, it's uh, difficult. They somehow made it through to deliver packages, deliver food, deliver groceries. A special uh, shout-out to them, definitely. How about you, Kathy? Who do you want to thank? I'd like to thank in transportation all the bus drivers, especially I'm a teacher, so especially the school bus drivers. When you think of driving your own kids to school, you tell them sit down or say I have to pull the car over. But can you imagine driving 75 kids to school every day? I just give them so much credit to be able to drive and have all these children's lives in their hands. Right. Uh, I think they're just great. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. When I see a school bus uh, go by and, you know, you you glance up uh, and, you know, the kids are going crazy in the back and screaming and doing doing what kids do. And I thought, wow, there's there's at least one adult uh, who is supposed to be keeping things going in, in that bus, the driver, that has to deal with all the traffic and all the mess that's going on on the streets and deliver these children back to their homes or to their schools uh, safely. That's uh, one heck of a job. Yeah, I agree with you. Great. Good choice. Love your show, Dean. Thanks, Kathy. I appreciate your call. Thank you. 312-981-7200. Here is, uh, let me see here. Thanks to all the great artists that go unnoticed while Dean keeps pushing the same old hackneyed artists who are overloved. <laughs> oh, you mean that hackneyed artist like Aretha Franklin? Like that? Is, is that what you mean? Uh, <laughs> great. All right. Well, thank you for your comments. Uh, we'll uh, certainly put those where they belong. Uh, here's another one. Uh, the 847 area code. Thank you to grocery store workers who kept the food on our shelves during the pandemics. Yes, absolutely. Uh, these are these are some uh, absolutely great ones. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Uh, 630 area code. I work at the, uh, let's see here. I work at the uh, Hesed House, H-E-S-E-D, Hesed House, the second largest homeless shelter in Illinois. And, uh, you know, they're doing great work to help people who are uh, down on their luck and homeless. And uh, absolutely, they need, uh, you know, some special thanks as well. That's what, uh, you know, that's what we're talking about here today. Uh, Just taking a little time to say thank you to uh, the people who are doing their jobs and uh, may not get the, you know, the kind of thanks that uh, they should get. Uh, Here's one that says, uh, thanks to the public work teams who keep our water flowing and the sewage uh, drains going. Another another fantastic choice, thanks to the animal shelter workers and veterinary uh, technicians, veterinary technicians. Uh, yeah, absolutely. These are, uh, they're, they're hard workers that keep our, uh, you know, our, our four-legged and feathered uh, friends uh, healthy and happy. So think about it. Uh, you know, is there somebody... Uh, that you deal with that that needs some thanks you know it'd be better than just talking about it here on the radio 
next time you see that person, just say, hey, I just want to thank you for all the hard work that you do. Watch what a big smile it puts on their face. Grapple, you say. Grapple, yes. Grapo? Grapple. G-R-A-U-P-E-L. Grapple. 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 Yes. That's that stuff. Now, try it in English now. Okay. It's mixed. (laughs) Como se a grapple? No, grapple. That sounds more German to me. Grapple. Sounds Spanish to me. It could be that also. But it's that mix of precipitation between Mm. sleet and, Uh, 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 you know, hail. And then there was the other word you didn't want me to say today earlier that i was bleeped out for well i just I, you can say it i just don't want i don't want to happen the, the s word yeah and you know what we're actually 20 degrees below normal hmm. for the normal high right now average high for this date is 64 the only one that doesn't think it's that cold out. and it's uh, 47 but well now we're getting gusty winds here now so when you know when we leave here a little later on uh, we'll be feeling that wind. It's going to be kind of sharp, too. Mm. But it doesn't delay my flight to the coronation. <laughs> that you were invited to. Not not Andy and I. No, just me. Just you. Yeah, no, they made a wise You're choice. going to have a special place of honor there. Special, I'll be in the royal box. I'm in the royal area there, right. I'll be sitting right next to Camilla. Camilla. And, uh, yeah, okay. I have to get one. You know, I'll believe it when I see how it. They all wear fancy hats. You know. <laughs> For the you know the special occasions, I, I don't have a. Fancy. I couldn't see that you with those big feathers in the hat. I don't have a fancy. I don't own a fancy hat, and I probably shouldn't wear my Blackhawks cap. Um, but I, this is what I was thinking of doing: is uh, getting a chip and dip bowl and turning it upside down. <laughs> Because I think that's that'll be close. Now, this after you put the Lipton onion dip in it, right? That's oh, when you'll put it on. Oh, that Lipton onion dip is long gone. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's a major memory. <laughs> that's as gone as the grapple. Uh, grapple, not Gra- grapple. 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 Oh, the baldometer is going to be going crazy <laughs> with that grapple coming yes. through the. Welcome in, my friends. It is 12.39 and time to eat. Food Time is Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show. Heard every Sunday at this time. And uh, coming up in just a minute, the Chicago Tribune Reader Food Awards. Reader's Choice Food Awards. To be exact, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Earlier, we were talking about uh, the... Uh, delivery of Vidalia onions into the Chicago area from the uh, Medina Shriners. Uh, and they were expecting to be able to sell these onions this coming weekend all over the Chicago area. But I got an email just in the last few minutes here uh, about the uh, about the rains, the torrential rains, which uh, may be delaying the delivery time. For these Vidalia onions that we were uh, talking about, uh, it says here, it depends on how long it takes for the growers to now harvest the crop because of the rain. We have a little slack time, but we won't know for sure for 24 hours when you're dealing with Mother Nature. You never know, which is understandable. Uh, They'll let us know and we'll let you know. But in the meantime, probably wouldn't be a bad idea to keep an eye on Medina.org. 
Medina.org is where they show where they're going to be selling the Vidalia onions and exactly when. They were scheduled to start next uh, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But because of the rains, that may be delayed. So uh, keep an eye on their website, and you'll probably get some more information about that. Always a pleasure to have with us uh, on the show the uh, food critic for the Chicago Tribune, Louisa Chu. I'll bet you are getting ready to camp out and get those Vidalia onions. Louisa, is there anything better, really, than like a you know freshly harvested Vidalia onion? So delicious, right? I mean deep fried like an onion ring and i appreciate you being on top of the breaking vidalia onion news yes yes, we are the official vidalia onion station in chicago yeah there you go for all the latest all the latest uh you know if tucker carlson and don lemon had been more up on their vidalia Mm -hmm. onions they might still Um, they might still have jobs today Uh, well and I mean, not to laugh too much about it, because, yeah, I mean, like the, you know, climate change is really affecting well, crops of all kinds, well, you know, including those Italian. That's yeah. very true. Well, the delay here seems to be more rain related that the just mm-hmm. the, the farmers in Georgia just couldn't get out into the fields because of some rain. But uh, mm-hmm. we will break into any uh, programming to bring you the updates on the Vidalia onion situation. <laughs> we'll have Wolf Blitzer and uh, Anderson Cooper <laughs> reporting live from the yeah. on- onion fields uh, for you on, on all of that. Um, also, an exciting food news. The results of the Chicago Tribune's Reader's Choice Food Awards are out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for how many years yeah. now has the Tribune been doing this? Pretty long time, right? Yeah, you know, I want to say we actually have a map, and it's um, it doesn't go back nearly as long as our like our 175 year history, um, but it's a it's a, we have a map that goes back to I believe the early 90s, which shows like all of the uh, winners that we've had. And I know it's a mouthful. It is um, officially the Chicago Tribune Readers Choice Food Awards. 2023. 2023. Um, Yeah, you got to get the year in, otherwise it gets confusing because this has been going on for a while. Exactly. And, you know, yeah, time has no meaning these days. Uh, It's all all changed. (laughs) So uh, explain how you go about uh, determining the winners of the Reader's Choice Awards. Yeah, so, you know, it's changed actually in the last couple of years because we opened up nominations to our readers, you know, we talked about it. I mean, we had these serious discussions. And so uh, we opened up the nominations to readers. We had um, like 600 nominations. Wow. And um, I know. And then we, as a team, the food and dining team, had to whittle it down uh, to about uh, to five finalists in our dozen categories, 10 for Best New Restaurant, because there were so many great selections. And then... We opened up voting, and so we had about 10,000 votes for the last half of March, so just a couple of weeks. And um, then our readers, the smartest readers in the food and dining land, uh, picked the winners. And it is such a joy to see not only new places recognized, like I said, you know, Bethany Restaurant, but classic places get recognition that they've received over their long lifetime so it's sometimes overdue yeah absolutely i mean i'm just so delighted when i see something like this come out 
and it's not yeah. these fancy schmancy five you know five star <laughs> Michelin rated uh, you know kind of places that everyone says are the best restaurants everywhere. But if you ask right. the average person their favorite restaurants, mm-hmm. they will tell you places like the ones that turned out to be your winners. Uh, talk to me about the winner of the best restaurant category. Yeah, so our best new restaurant is Flippin' Flavors. Um, so it is a, uh, a black-owned couple who opened the business originally to sell their seasoning mix. And then um, City of Chicago, you know, as they often do, say, hey, you know, we got uh, some more rules for you. <laughs> so they said, you need to sell some food mm. um, with your license and your lease. And so they thought, okay, you know, we'll uh, do sandwiches. And so they started doing sandwiches, which have become a huge hit, uh, including hoagies and their style of Philly cheesesteak. Right. And um, so, yeah, so that they've opened in the last couple of years, and um, they're down over on uh, 95th Street and uh, absolutely fantastic. And you can find their sandwiches at a few different shops across the city and suburbs, too, including um, Living Fresh Market in the Forest Park and Sip and Savor uh, coffee shops in Bonzone High Park. Yeah. So they have just an amazing story of opening a business during the pandemic and really, you know, rolling with it, becoming our best new restaurant, according to our readers. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's 1848 West 95th Street, which I, I believe mm-hmm. the 1800 block is Ashland. So I think it's about 95th and uh, Ashland. What what makes the sandwich so great, though? I mean, there are plenty of hoagies, plenty of Philly steak knockoffs. What do you, what do you think makes these sandwiches so delicious? <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they start with their own seasonings um, and their own marinades. Uh, and uh, so when you get that deep down into like the DNA of a sandwich and then you bring it all the way up to the full sandwich itself, um, then, you know, it shows just like an extra, as the kids like to say, it's extra, Dean. Mm. They're, they're, they're just a little extra. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they probably just say X cause they don't have time to, for the two <laughs> syllables. Right. There's only time. And yeah, it, Exactly. And so, you know, like, yeah, steak and cheese, that helps, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the the, the picture that uh, is in your uh, story, uh, the, you know, if you go to chicagotribune.com slash dining, uh, the picture is, <laughs> looks amazing. Uh, it, mm-hmm. do, it does look like a, just a fantastic sandwich, which also takes yeah. us to the category of best sandwich, uh, which is the J.P. Graziano Grocery Store. Uh, in yeah. uh, in the West Loop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So J.P. Graziano, uh, they were there before the West Loop became the West Loop, before, like, we even had, I think, names for neighborhoods. Yeah, um, before so, Oprah. Before Oprah was there. <laughs> before Oprah was born. Yeah, the, um, the before, period known as B.O., before Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm pretty sure that is a technical designation of time. Yes, yeah, An- um, anthropologists will confirm that. I'm not making that up. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm absolutely positive, yep. too. Um, but, yeah, so they have become known as a sandwich house. Um, so a lot of people know knew the store originally because they were literally like, uh, you know, one of those old-fashioned grocers where, like, they had stuff lined up behind the shelf. This is, like, way back in the day where they had stuff lined up on the shelf and you pointed behind the counter. Yeah. People brought it to you before. There was, like, you know, that was, like, literally the old school kind of um, groceries. 
Then they started doing sandwiches. And then um, now, uh, fourth generation owner, uh, Jim Graziano, has really become known for not only their signature sandwiches and, you know, some of his favorites, but also, of course, the crowning touch, their own brand, their own signature Jardinera, mm. which is, yeah, wonderful. That crunchy, spicy, um, mild or hot. I don't like it hot, you know, and just like a little bit of that olive oil, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of like crowning glory on sandwiches and just about anything. I mean, I like to eat it out of the jar. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, a, a good Jardinera is, uh, you know, is, is the world of difference on uh, just about mm-hmm. any sandwich. This is 901 West Randolph Street. So that's, mm-hmm. that's just west of uh, Halstead on uh, Randolph in that area. Let me take a quick break, and when we come back, maybe the most controversial of all the categories of any subject we've ever really talked about on WGN, who has the best barbecue in Chicago? That's mm. coming up next with Louisa Chu, food critic with the Chicago Tribune. 1251 with Dean Richards, Food Time Show. Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show with Louisa Chu today. Food critic for the Chicago Tribune talking about their Reader's Choice Food Awards 2023. Best new restaurants and styles of foods around the Chicago area, according to Chicago Tribune readers. Well, Louisa, you know, the many, many discussions that we've had here on the show over the years, maybe no more heated or controversial uh, shows and topics than where do you find the best barbecue in Chicago? I mean, more than climate change, more than politics, you know, na- name it. Uh, you want a heated discussion, bring up where's the best uh, barbecue. Uh, but you've, uh, yeah. your, your readers have come up with what they feel is the best. Yes. And a far more worthy way uh, to discuss uh, and fight over our time. Uh, so this year, our choice, our reader's choice for best Chicago-style barbecue, Heckey's barbecue mm. and controversial because it's barbecue but also for some people because it's in evanston right 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 suburb just north of chicago yeah, it's borderline um, it's a the, the, right I, I i think it's there in the you know for me the quality of heckies has always been so good uh absolutely through through oh. the years how, how did you guys uh, define Chicago-style barbecue as opposed to others, I guess, Kansas City or Memphis mm-hmm. or, you know, some of the other St. Louis-style barbecue? Yeah, well, one of the most defining elements of Chicago-style barbecue, as you know, is the rib tip. So that is the piece that was historically trimmed off the end of uh, ribs and uh, discarded, but Chicago really made that into a high art form. Uh, transformed that piece into uh, an amazing, flavor-packed, smoky, meaty, succulent bite. Um, and um, Heckey's does that beautifully, as our readers agreed. And so, of course, Heckey's was named after um, Hecky Powell, who very sadly died early in the pandemic. Right. Uh, his wife, Cheryl uh, Judice, took over and um, so she's had a lot of help with longtime employees and uh, with Hecky's sister who came back and uh, took over as pitmaster. Wow. 
And yeah, and her daughter, their daughter, Hecky and Cheryl's daughter, is really kind of like the face you'll often find behind the counter now. But um, but it's I think a lot of it has to do with the family, the Southside training that Hecky got that he continues um, in spirit through um, his barbecue and and that amazing rib tip yeah. is just uh, delicious. A winner. And 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 mm-hmm. I would I would add, I think the sauce there is uh, perfect. Uh, a lot of times when you go to places, it's clearly a you know a, a bottled uh, sauce, which is, isn't terrible, but uh, it, it's mm-hmm. not uh, it, it's not like it is at Heckey's or you know some of uh, other favorites. What what were some of the yeah. other uh, contenders uh, to the crown? Then? Yeah, so our runner-up was Lexington Betty Smokehouse huh. uh, down yeah in the Pullman neighborhood, and so um, uh, Lexington Betty actually started off. Um, near Oak Park. Uh, and um, so they actually had opened a couple of locations, few locations, um, which closed, including that original one, and are now in the former food hall that is um, in um, in Pullman. So uh, Pitmaster and uh, co-owner Dominic Leach, um, uh, she and her wife now run this amazing sort of more modern barbecue house. Mm. So they, of course, have got the rib tip for a while. They only, and actually one of the big things that, you know, people think about when they think about barbecue is ribs. Um, They don't normally have ribs on their menu, but they've got rib tips. And my mouth is watering, Dean. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Right with you. I'm sure a lot of people listening right now, we're all going through the same thing. I know, but also brisket, like the mm. most amazing, tender, again, just like kissed with smoke, beautiful bark uh, brisket. And that wasn't something that you grew up with, because that historic, historically has not been part of the Chicago-style barbecue repertoire, but um, certainly has been incorporated along with the rib tips and hot links, of course, and ribs. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the, uh, Lexington Betty was our first runner up. Yeah. There's, there's some really, uh, great, uh, choices here that you can read about best plant-based menu, which has become uh, super popular these days. Best diner, mm-hmm. uh, best steak went to Gene and Giorgetti's, which is, uh, mm-hmm. a, a good choice. Uh, lots of good ones. If you go to Chicago com slash dining, and look for the uh, Reader's Choice Food Awards 2023. You can read all about it and see all of the picks there. It's always great to talk to you, Louisa. I hope you can join us again soon. Thank you, Dean. It's Louisa Chu, food critic, Chicago Tribune.